TR shocks the world. Hey guys, and welcome back. Another exciting edition of TR Shocks the World now on the airwaves. I'm Ray Russell, and joining me is the host of the show. He is TR himself, Tom Robinson. Tom, welcome back, sir. What up, Ray Russ? Uh, how we doing out there in Cleveland, Ohio? Uh, we're doing okay. A lot of hot weather lately. We had about three days in a row. If you count the humidity, it felt like 100 degrees. So I'm good. I'm, I'm settling with the high 70s today, so not too bad. Dude, that weather is crazy. In the right as we tape on July 10th, it is uh, something like 110 and 115 out west. Um, name drop. I uh, I talked to Roy Lusher last night. A uh, a name you might recognize from fandom. Absolutely. And Lucha. He's a Lucha guy and all that. And uh, he said he he worked in 111 degree weather yesterday. Ooh, that's rough stuff. Yeah, I saw that- today that uh, Death Valley. Got to 130 degrees today. So, crazy. Fuck, man. 130. We're, we're done. We're done as a civilization. <laughs> yeah, something's going yeah. on. Speaking of fucking weird shit. Yes, sir. Uh, I was supposed to be on with you about 15 minutes ago. Yeah. I'm notoriously late anyway because I'm a fucking procrastinator. But I got caught in this strange traffic. And it, it's, it's a Saturday evening, East Coast time of like 7 to 8 p.m. And a 10-minute drive took me, like, 45 minutes, which included a fucking douchebag. I got a CDL license, and I get it. When when somebody's trying to pass you or that you're in a straight truck or he was in a big fucking uh, – one of those gimmicks that, that carries cars. Yeah. Those those kind of trucks. I don't know what they're fucking called. You need a CDLA to have that. So this asshole spent his whole life in the driving field. But he had nothing on there, and – the traffic was little to my knowledge because I couldn't see fucking shit in my little ass car. But the traffic was being pointed to the right lane. So all of a sudden, an exit before my exit opens up. And there's a lane, not a shoulder, a fucking active lane that opens up. So I kind of peek over and I see, wow, it's a clear fucking shot to the fucking exit. So I, I'm kind of wondering because he's leaning towards that way too. And I'm like, well, when this guy goes, I'll go. Fucking guy never goes. So I go, and then he swerves his front in front of me to try to block me. And I'm like, I, I, I lay on the horn, and he swerves more. So I fucking took, I had to take the grass. <laughs> I fucking, I get out, and of course, it's a fucking grayish-haired fucking 150-pound nothing. I was screaming, you motherfucker! I'll kill you, you motherfucker! <laughs> and... I'm out on the fuck, you know, I'm taking more time to call him a motherfucker. I, I actually have to thank him because I haven't fucking had any testosterone at all for like two years now. I'm a fucking walking <laughs> zombie. But I was I was praying it was somebody that would get out that I could get all my frustrations out and just beat the piss out of this guy in the road. But I, I had no damage or nothing for, from going on the grass and I would have just held up other good people behind him. But he shit his fucking pants when he saw me get out of this little... I drive a Mitsubishi Mirage, 
which is like the smallest car. I look like fucking Dino from the Flintstones. In it. <laughs> and exactly. And, you know, so I guess he thought he was fucking with an old man or something. Well, I am an old man a little bit, but I swear to God, I would have murdered this. I would have been on every news thing tonight, <laughs> fucking some viral video. I may be just screaming, I'll fucking kill you, motherfucker, motherfucker, motherfucker. And then it was like, okay, I'll just keep driving. And I, I have no more <laughs> no more zest for life. Like, But back to the 150-pound graying, like 50 to 60-year-old guy, I got a guy uh, that I work with like that. If you're not, Like tonight, Conor McGregor is fighting Dustin Poirier, 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 Sidney Poitier. I don't know his fucking name, but I, I think he's going to knock him out. But that's irrelevant. There's smaller guys that are trained fighters that I know can fuck me up. But some jack-off fucking truck driver, 150 pounds, should not have the balls to beep at me, much less block me into the fucking grass. What is wrong with you little fucks? Get your big truck, get your motorcycle, take your steroid, do whatever you want. But you can't fight big dudes. Listen to Gorilla Monsoon. A good big man will always beat a good little man. Period. Absolutely. In the I words of the late oh, great gorilla. God. <laughs> Dude, I got to tell you, though, had you actually beat his ass, I would have made for a better story for the show, but you did the I right know, thing. But I, would, I still wouldn't have been home. And, and I'm so, <laughs> I, I need testosterone shots or something because I'm so, like, it got me angry, over the edge angry. But, you know, you always have like that 10 minutes to calm down, like while yeah. you're still jacked up. Right. I was calmed down instantly and I drove my little faggy car home. <laughs> Wow! Unbelievable! Awesome. Phenomenal! Well, let's. Uh, he got he got away pretty lightly today. Uh, next time, maybe not so much. So you just keep driving around looking for him. Maybe you'll run into him again. Get a second <laughs> chance. Yeah. <laughs> Get a second chance. Yeah. I mean, when I'm working all day and I'm stuck in the traffic jam, I've been tempted, like if I see somebody on the shoulder zipping by me, to to break their balls. But this was not the shoulder. This is a fucking lane that leads to the exit. Right. So this is a little punk who was probably like the tallest dude in fifth grade, and he still thinks he's the toughest guy in fucking middle school or something. I don't know. Well, he's overcompensating, right? That's why he sits something. behind the wheel. Yeah, overcompensation, just driving. The, he, he can't do what he wants to do, so that's uh, probably why he took that job in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Dummy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are we talking about? I, I tried to uh, crack a beer because I need to calm down, even though I'm calm. But uh, I tried to crack a beer during the intro. I don't know if it was audible or not. But anyway, I know you're not drinking tonight because you got hammered yesterday. Well, that is true. I did. And, but now that you are, it really makes me want to. But I'm too lazy to get my ass up, walk all the way up the stairs and go get beer. So I'm not doing that tonight. <clears throat> Once my new fridge comes on Wednesday and I put that in the kitchen, I can take my old fridge, bring it down here. And I'll have a refrigerator downstairs. And then there I go. <laughs> Instant beers all the uh -oh. time. Yeah. Then we're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to say the least. Two of us. Yes. That would be right, tremendous. Oh, we got all kinds of things going on. In fact, Ugh. we had an asshole, believe it or not, TNA or not TNA. Oh, my God. Where am I at? <laughs> AEW. Yeah. And AEW returned to live crowds. Tom, if you didn't know that. I mean, actual crowds, not wrestlers surrounding the ring and their friends and family and whatnot. Although people would argue that's what AEW is. I won't say that, but there was a fan Tom, And I don't know if you, I'm sure by now, you, if you didn't watch the show, you've seen the footage of this fan who decided he was going to jump into the ring or, or at least try to get involved in the Jericho MJF segment. 
as part of the AEW show. Yeah. Yeah, in the name of, like, when fucking Muhammad Atta and all those fucks, allegedly, it depends whose story you believe, but they did it in the name of Allah and the Prophet Muhammad and all that bullshit. This fat fucking loser tried to get to the ring at Jericho or some shit in the name of Brian Last and Jim Cornette. He sure what did. What the fuck is wrong with him? Yeah, and, I, he, and he uh, said, I'm not going to give away his Twitter, uh, his Twitter account, because that's what he wants. He's he's loving it online. Everybody's putting him over, or not? They're putting not putting him over there. They're shaming him, but they're giving out his Twitter account so everybody can go block him. And you know what the idiot's doing? No matter what you say to him, it, no matter how nasty or negative it is, he's retweeting it on his account. So I'm not going to give him that luxury of putting him over here. As far as what his account is on Twitter, I'm sure you can find it if you really, really, really want to. But this buffoon, like you just said. Claims that he was doing it, you know, in the name of Brian Last and Jim Cornette. And if you've ever listened to anything Jim Cornette has ever said, why would you think he would condone that? Even in AEW. Yeah, this is a fucking dumb motherfucker. I mean, we're we're giving him more press, so we're guilty. So he's, you know, in a perverse way, this fucking obese fuck is getting what he wants. He jumped the rail, which is the end thing now that the pandemic's over. It's happened in multiple sports. and yada yada but to say he was doing it for them because jericho and aew have ruined the business and all that shit he not only puts himself out there as a fucking scum piece of shit nothing zilch zero nobody but he alienates himself to a a point where you know if there was a little quote-unquote friction from the podcast commentary and all this and the tweets and stuff like that jericho last Cornette, etc., have solidarity because the enemy of my enemy is my friend, and nobody likes a jerk off jumping in the ring. No, oh, absolutely not. Right, and and like Cornette said, I don't know if you saw the tweet he posted. He actually retweeted this guy and quoted, or whatever that's called, quote retweet, whatever the hell. He actually gave this guy more press, but then he blocked him. But everybody's seen it now. Corny basically said, you know, the wrestling ring is sacred ground, and you know, fuck you, <laughs> and, and and you're blocked. He got his yes. response, and then I saw Brian last actually did the same thing. He told him it was, you know, they they didn't condone it. They didn't want that. You know, don't don't speak their names, and, and Brian blocked him as well. I don't know what he was really trying to get out of this. I've, I've seen his picture online. I, I would say he needs to see a dentist and maybe, a, a, as you pointed out, a nutritionist as well. The guy seems kind of off in the head. I don't really know, but to go online and brag about it to this extent makes me feel, and I don't know, I haven't heard anything. Makes me feel like they just escorted him out of the building and, and booted him, and that was the end of it. I feel like if there was an ongoing like case, like you know where they're going to press charges and he's got to pay a fine or whatever, I feel like either he's really stupid or I just feel like there's they must have just booted him out because he's really pushing it. They can use this against him when they go to court or whatever he's got to do. So I I don't know well, what and it was it was absolutely pre planned. This wasn't a last minute thing. This wasn't I got drunk and and my buddy you know dared me to do a thing. If you go on his tweets hours before the show, somebody said, I hope you guys have something, you know, whatever in store tonight, something, you know, whatever in front of the new f- the fans and whatnot. And he he replied to the guy. He goes, oh, don't you worry. There's going to be something, you know, very special that happens tonight. So this was pre-planned before he even got to the building. Yeah, very special in the way they talk about fucking autistic children, you fat <laughs> retard. Anyway, um, yeah, uh, we're putting them. Over in, in a, a negative way, but we're still giving them press because um, people do listen to this. But yeah, any fucking scumbag out there that just 
I have a saying, and I've always had it, and I apologize to you, Ray, and anybody listening ahead of time, but I used to tell all my, you know, podcast people, wrestlers in general, to like wrestling as much as we do, as weird as the art form is, there's something off in each one of us. There's something wrong there. I find it through a lot of fans year after year after year. There's something twisted, and it could be small, could be big. There's something off, so we're all fucking crazy, but have some fucking common sense. Sit in your fucking seat. Just be fat. Just go home and fucking <laughs> eat your Cheetos or whatever the fuck you're doing. Make your outrageous tweets. Get, oh, I got blocked by Kevin Nash or something. You know, do your fucking thing, but don't come near the ring. And then what's almost as bad as him are the people that went, oh, Jericho shouldn't have threw. Jericho didn't fucking throw shit at him, really. But he should have been beaten, drug into the fucking ring. Oh, my God. To death. I've been on national television. I've been at shows where guys have had their faces kicked in by trying to slide it, you know, slide in under the, you know, underneath the bottom rope. Boom. Right to the kick, right to the face there. Ow! Right in the schnoz! Their face explodes, nose broken, everything. What did you expect? I don't know what you're coming in the ring to do to me. I'm not going to get, I'm not going to wait for you to get in the ring and stand up and, and, you know, and then what do you got? Even if you don't have a knife or or something along those lines, I, I don't know you. I don't know what you're capable of doing. I don't. I don't need this shit in my life. So I, I don't know what they're expecting. Like, I'm supposed to make this fair? It's not fair because I, I, I'm i being forced into a fight or whatever this idiot's trying to do. It's not right. And the funny thing is, this guy, I don't know, you know, his background and his knowledge, which doesn't seem to be much, but he, you know, he quoted like, oh, Brian Lass and Jim Cornette, they hate AEW, so that's why I did it. And it's like, if you've ever listened to anything Jim Cornette has ever said, you would know that, especially Jim, because think about how old school Jim is. And this is still a thing today. Like, nobody wants a fan in the ring. But specifically, somebody like a Jim Cornette, he invented carrying the tennis racket to the ring specifically because he had to fight off the fucking fans. Yes, exactly. What a fucking buffoon. Fat motherfucker. (laughs) And that's enough of you. I will not speak of you again unless you do something else even more stupid in the future. Real, real quick on yeah. his on his subject. I didn't finish. Yeah. There are actual pussies out there, and I say pussies with a capital P, that complained that Jericho shouldn't have did anything to him. MJF shouldn't have grabbed his leg. Blah 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 blah. Security had him by then. Justin Roberts was the only one who had him at the beginning. Kudos to fucking Duck Justin Roberts who bear hugged him chest to chest until security got in and finally got him away from the area. But the dude, if you, he has several angles. I saw, I actually bought into his bullshit and, and clicked where he put himself over. And there's several angles where he was on the stage with his hands to his, his sides, like almost in Jesus fashion, like not Judas. He, it was during Judas. So it may have been a, a spiritual intervention. That may be the son of Christ, but I doubt that highly. The fat bastard is probably not the son of Christ. So. He came out to her, Judas, and, and Justin Roberts was the original guy who kind of tackled him, sort of. And, you know, then Jericho sees that the security's up there. He takes a little, you know, a little flailing shot, and another angle shows MJF grabbing his foot from the ground to the stage or whatever. But, God, like the old Triple H uh, Stone Cold. Yes, video. that's I'm hilarious. Sure that you, I just pulled that up. Right now, I'm liter- it's literally on my phone in front of me right now. 
<laughs> the fan running in because uh, I wanted to see how it played out again before I, I brought that up because that's exactly what you were saying. It made me think of that. Austin gives Triple H the stunner, beats him in the middle of the ring, and then the fan runs in from behind, jumps on Austin. Triple H no sells, just gets straight up, grabs the dude in a waist lock takedown. And I don't know who the hell the ref was. I forgot. I already turned the screen off. Referee just starts laying kicks in, man. It's it's hilarious. But it's funny to watch Triple H just jump straight up from dead to perfectly normal because he's, you know, he's helping his brother out there. Not that Austin needed the help with that little bitch, but, you know, the guy got Austin in a precarious position. He got him from behind. Austin was on the ground already. So anything could happen. Triple H is like, yeah, I think we got a fan in here. What? Yeah, I think we got a we got a fan in here, Steve. What? I, Steve, I think we got a fan. What? Oh, fuck you, you deaf fuck. <laughs> I, I fucked the imitation up. It's yeah. all good. But anyway, fuck, fuck <laughs> you, fat boy, with your fucked up teeth. Fuck you, <laughs> defenders that, that somebody took a swing at them because that's... But the other thing you said, you, you know, they might not have... They might have just let him go or whatever. It took about 24 hours-ish before I saw his post, if you saw it before, then I'm wrong. But no, you, I, I didn't. I didn't pay attention to when they posted them, so you could very well be be uh, right on that. I, I I was just guessing. Like I said, I, I just assumed that because I would like to think somebody wasn't stupid enough to go online and brag about it after they did it before their you know their court date. Well, in Philadelphia, not that I would know, but they have this place called the Roundhouse for dumb little offenses and. Uh, sometimes you get thrown in there until they figure the shit out for like 24 hours, 17 hours, mm-hmm. you know, 29 hours, whatever the case may be. Um, so Miami might have something similar, especially nowadays. Oh, I jumped into national television and God knows what I was going to do. Or I uh, took a shot with my um, rifle at somebody, blah, 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 blah. Defund the police. Let's give me 10% of $5,000 and you're home free. Go on your Twitter and talk about it, too. But anyway, let's not get political. We're here to wrestle, baby. Let's, yeah. let's talk about the wrestling business. Yeah, so fuck, fuck you is our fun. <laughs> Go <Yeah>. ahead. <laughs> fuck you, and then I'll let you say it. Well, I was going to say fuck you, douchebag. So yeah, we were we were thinking stereo there. But it's all good. All right. <laughs> it's, all, it's all good. Uh, it wouldn't be an episode of TR Shocks of the World without mentioning your buddy L.A. Knight. In the past, you've been very unhappy with how he's been booked. What say you now? Well, I've heard some shoot interviews from years ago when he had probably four opportunities with those guys as a uh, extra and FCW and Deep South and all that bullshit. And I'm not don't quote me because I don't know which one he was at and when, but he had a little problem with Bill DeMott, as many people did. Right. He has a problem much like myself. And you can attest to this of not being on time. He's a night person like myself, so I can relate to that. Younger than I, probably close to your age, because he was a Attitude Era guy. And he's doing Attitude Era kind of, he's taking a little bit of Hogan with his gear, a little bit of Austin, a little bit of Rock, etc. And in truth, with the NXT, now that they've let some real fans in, they're not that into him. He's not like getting that much heel heat from what I see. Mm Mm-hmm. But he's making Cameron Grimes a super babyface with it with this little thing. But that is good, in my opinion. Because if you're not over with dweebs that watch today, i.e. NXT, AEW, of which I'm one of, but certain people, like I said, are a little off. 
they uh, they don't want an old school guy. They want a guy who's going to do like a moonsault into a fucking whatever. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, moonsault. Absolutely. Now I I do sound like an old fogey when I use moonsault <laughs> when there's thirty other fucking things I could have mentioned, but they want to see like a bunch of non-selling and a bunch of flipping and whatever. And he's more concentrated on the angle. And now uh, Cameron Grimes is going to be his butler and and so forth. I did it on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, anyway, yeah, he's, yeah. Dummy. That's going to be, yeah. I don't know if he's going to use dummy, but yeah, is going to be huge on raw or SmackDown, probably raw. Well, if Vince has anything to say uh, about it, he's going to bring him up and he's going to say, you can't do that, pal. I don't get that. <laughs> so. Well, if, he, if he got shot, Ski and Knox, who were never a team to my recollection, but I, I, I'm not a historian, but if he got them and got Tony Storm with a big squishy ass, uh, maybe he does get him. I don't know, but he's going to be a star on the main roster if he doesn't self-destruct with the lateness and all that other dumb shit. But yeah, he's uh, Cameron. Cameron Grimes is going to be his butler, so that should be old schoolish, comedic. Yes, but hopefully, if the right people write it, it'll be it'll be okay. Yeah, uh, hope I hope so. I mean, hopefully they do take a little bit of the old uh, David Von Erich with Jimmy Garvin or Dusty Rhodes with with Baby Doll and all that good stuff. So hopefully they come up with something. Thank, thank you. And L.A. Knight is a guy who loves that stuff. He studies that stuff. He's into the character. He's into looking like a wrestler, which both boxes are checked. He's into promos checked. And his work rate is more like an older school wrestler type guy. He's, he can do a little bit of flipping and flapping, but he's more character driven, which in my Vince, opinion is what. What Vince wants for sure. Vince Russo? No, never mind. <laughs> Bro. Actually, Vince Russo would probably like him, which is kind of contradictory to my feelings. I don't really agree with Russo's booking. Something needs to be somewhere in the middle of somewhere in the middle of Cornet and Russo is the right way to attract that bigger audience. Yeah, I think I think that's a, you know, I think about that all the time. If Corny just gave in a little bit to the changes and if some of these other guys would go back in time a little bit to keep what really made wrestling wrestling then I, th- I think we would find some common middle ground that would actually work. And that's what I would like to see anyway. I think it's just, it's the modern shit is too much. Mo- like it's, they've forgotten too much. Like now I sound like the old fuck, but they've forgotten about the storytelling. I mean, the real storytelling, like the, the emotional investment. That's where I, I got lost. Like when I couldn't emotionally invest in shit anymore, I, I just, I never, there, there were times where they hooked me, even though it was years after I knew everything was a work and I'd been around the business myself and this, that, and the other, but a good story, you just want to believe it. You know what I mean, Tom? Like when you're watching it, you're enjoying it. You're like, yes, these guys are playing the parts perfect. You're getting into it. Like I remember this goes back years, Evolution or whatever the hell they call it, Triple H and Flair and all those guys, uh, right. they, did, they did the Batista babyface turn. And, be, and I feel like because it was Triple H involved, it was a very slow week to, it was done properly. I think because triple H was involved in it and he made sure that it was that old school storytelling, but every week Batista would make a face. Oh, did you see that face he made when he said that? And then one week triple H says something, maybe not too overly over the top negative about Batista, but he says something 
And as he walks away, the camera catches Batista was around the corner. He heard the whole conversation. I was just, I was really getting into that. And, and that was during a period where I really didn't give a shit about, I mean, I watched the product, but I didn't get like nothing really sucked me in. And that particular one did. And I was never really a huge triple H fan ever. And Batista, I did enjoy, but you know, he's the big monster guy. He's not going to put on a classic match, but it still hooked me. And I mean, that's just one random thing that sticks out, you know, in my adulthood that I thought that was really good storytelling. And we're missing things like that now. And I don't know if it's not, it's so much because they're not telling the stories. It's they're not building the characters to where you care about them. Does that make sense to you? Do you feel that way? Or am I just in another world? Com- <laughs> completely. I do. Um, it's, I mean, RK bro is starting to hook me a little bit because riddles just stupid. Funny. Yeah. He's like, People have called me stupid funny, and there may be examples later in the show. Um, but, <laughs> like, it seems like, uh, you know, Randy Orton, who was – Randy Orton's, like, the, the, the great worker, the, the guy who's the staple of the promotion, whatever. But you see Randy Orton every week with the Garvin Stomp and with the DDT off the rope where the fucking whoever he's working hooks his feet on the middle rope deal. And right. You see the same shit. But now that he's got a little flair, because no pun intended, he's got a little flair because you got that peddling fucking goof Riddle just being Riddle, being a fucking idiot, and that works. I mean, that's uh, that's a little stretch from a quote storytelling, which we I kind of got off. But at least they're showing a little like a lighter when you're trying to light a fire in the fucking woods in a in like a fucking naked and afraid episode. But they wouldn't have a lighter. They'd have <laughs> <laughs> They'd have two sticks of wood or something. But, you know, there's a little flicker there, a little flicker with that and a little flicker with what we're talking about with L.A. Knight and what you just spoke of with Triple H. I mean, of storytelling, and it, it can make you want to watch next Monday to see which is the next part of this. You know it's coming, and you don't know when, and, you you know, you, you, you follow along. It's like a... You know, everybody says it's a male soap opera and all that kind of shit. A lot of people bust my balls because of my age, and I still am not getting paid by a company, but I still follow it, which, you know, this is the reason because we're going to take over the world. I got to put that in mind. But, you know, it's it's all right there, man. It's all right there. It just needs – there's the talent, some of which probably can't handle it. But, you know, you got to pick those guys out. Like, I guess – I think a big loss, maybe this just came out of me out of nowhere. Dusty Rose's death may have been a big loss to WWE as far as identifying somebody that could get you interested. Right. How do you feel about that? No, you know, I never even thought of that, which is sad to say because I'm sure everybody down there thought of that because he was in their life every day and he did so much. But I guess, you know, because he's behind the scenes, so to speak, the last several years of his life, I never really thought of it as geez, that's got to shake everything up. Dusty, you're right. That was one thing he could do. He had a knack for finding talent. And yeah, he, he had some misses along the way too. My God, most of the uh, the cartoon characters he created back in 91 when he came back to WCW from the WWF trying to copy Vince's thing. I think he introduced over 20 characters that year and only one of them yeah. lasted past the, you know, once Bill Watts took over. I think only one of them surpassed that, which was Johnny B. Bad. I think everybody else was gone within a year, year and a half. So, but now not just being a creative guy, but dusty finding that what you were talking about, 
that that talent to get uh, see guys that are going to get over or, or or ladies that are going to get over based on their personality and things like that, not necessarily just their gimmick or their ability to work in the ring or whatnot. So I agree with you. I I, I think a hundred percent you hit the nail right on the head. There is uh, Dusty not being there. It's got to be huge difference, but. Sean's down there, but Sean's from everything I keep reading. And again, I'm not there, so I can only read shit. It seems like that Sean Michaels just has adapted to the new, the new way things are done. And he just ex- has accepted it wholeheartedly. Of course, that's all, you know, again, all, all, I, all I can do is read what guys like DeMeltz writes. Uh, but it just seems like Sean's like, oh, that's how you guys want to work now. Okay. And he kind of just goes along in that. If you think about it though, Tom, Sean was a spot guy. For for his time, he was doing more spots than anybody else, so he was ahead of that game. And now they've you know they've went ahead. So maybe Sean was always into into this kind of style, and he just couldn't push it that far <laughs> because nobody even knew Sean, how to go that far back then. But Sean, if you think about it, Sean Osprey, yeah, Sean Osprey, that would have been yeah, thank you. <laughs> but I just think back, you know, even in the Rockers, the Rockers, you know, the shit they were doing. And the fast-paced shit they were doing. And then, you know, obviously all the big-time matches Sean had after that. Fucking sh- back in the day, you br- you just brought a memory. Like, one of those video- VHS tapes I went through had the Rockers against uh, uh, Buddy and Doug, but not that match, not the blood match. The other one where they won the titles where Larry Nelson is dressed as a rocker. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you already probably seen it and know it, but I have the actual From TV original copy. Awesome. I'm going to send that shit out to you and fucking see what you can do with sound bites and all that. But, but yeah, you're right about the spots. It was like Sean was Sean Osprey, Sean O'Shea, uh, whatever the fuck you want to call him. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I dug it uh, because he, he was a master of putting it into the context of a wrestling match. Yeah. And I've seen him. Like one time, X Pac was an old friend from the Indies, um, Minnesota. He brought, he made sure I came out, so I, I owed a lot to him of the little bit of shit I did. So when he worked WWE, I, I met him at the uh, King of the Ring in Philly when Mabel walked. Um, okay. I think it was that weekend. Woof, that's a, that's, a, that's a rough pay per view. Maybe one of the worst of all time. <laughs> yeah, that, I can tell you because when you get comp by one of the boys, you usually get one or two tickets. I got nine. Wow. Fucking tickets. But <laughs> anyhow, so I was, uh, they had something, I not, like I said, I don't know if this was the same time or not, but I think it was. I think they had something where Bill Watts was in, in the mix at that time. It might have been a different time, as I said. But so Sean, I says, let's hook up. He says, I'm in room, blah, 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 blah. I don't feel like coming down and with the people and down there and all that. So I bring a six pack of me and Sean, and he had MetRx. Remember MetRx, that fucking oh, yeah. bodybuilding shit. Yeah, it was fucking protein or whatever the fuck it was. Um, he had a whole fucking slew of that, and then knock on the door, and it's Sean and Razor. And Razor was cool off the bat, but he was still all fucked up because he took some gimmicks at the whatever this thing was. It was like a equivalent to a Hall of Fame thing, but something different, some fucking ceremony they had, and then. Um, Michaels would not even make eye contact with me. It, it, picture a little hotel room with four dudes. And like, I was, I idolized Michaels in the ring. Sean put me over as a, a, as a worker down, up and down the East Coast, which was a little stretched, but whatever. I went with it. And long story short, he, he came to accept me after a couple hours of my speaking when I should and all that bullshit. 
and they just got a handful like x-pac took like one soma literally i i mean he's told the public everything he's did so i'm not exposing them but at that particular time he was good i was just drinking beer there was like 50 60 of them left and razor and fucking sean split them and then we went down to the bar that was what the hall of fame and hall of fame in 95 around that time i mean could be yeah they did they did the hall of fame that king of the ring weekend so it's it's had to have been something like that so the end of the story is i see um razor ramon i ended up sitting somehow with triple h and bret hart sat at the same table too and it was like me amongst the guys i just mentioned sitting at a table in a hotel bar at the old marriott and you know as much as i like to put myself over i did not belong in that mix but I got a lot of fucking <laughs> Xbox actually said to people that were coming up, like and getting pictures and shit, because don't miss Quang. He told people <laughs> I was Quang. Awesome. Which is pretty badass. But back to Sean, he was all fucked up, him and Razor. And I was looking at Razor eating popcorn, and all of a sudden he was like chucking it in his mouth, trying to like work the gimmick, I guess. Like he would, you know, like Mr. Perfect would slap something or whatever. Right. He was catching it eating it all of a sudden he starts just throwing shit randomly and he's all fucked up and there's like popcorn on his fucking chest hair and his <laughs> fucking chain and his hair and then i look over at Shawn michaels and he was out out fucking cold that's when you hear about triple h being the guy back then to take care of them right once once he saw that he got right the fuck up the, the party was over the conversation was over and he made sure that those guys got the fuck out of there he physically picked sean up and took him to the elevator it was crazy time crazy yeah. time. you have to wonder if most of those guys would have made it if uh, trips had never even made the jump over there at, at that point in time because he became a good friend pretty fast because you figure he came in in 95 himself but it was like almost instantaneously that he joined the the group that 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 little group of guys the click as they're known yeah, and uh, he would uh, work out every morning with the, the guys like Nash, and even Hall got got up. I mean, I, I'm i sitting here drinking a beer, and I'm thinking about tomorrow how I'm going to sleep all day. I, I don't know how they are still alive, the guys we're talking about. But, right. you know, they're blessed, they're charmed, and, you know, they gave us a lot of entertainment. I don't know why I went there, but what else is new? Yeah, and it's, it is funny, you know, when you look back at some of the guys that are still here, like a Scott Hall, a Jake Roberts, uh, just the one day that I spent, you know, with Tommy Rich, I, I was like, how is this guy? Because whatever he was doing in 2000 or whatever that was, you can only imagine what he was doing back in like 1981 or shit in, down in Georgia. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, how are these guys still still going? But they're still here. Hey, Ray, hey, Ray Goldie. <laughs> Ray Goldie. No, wrong yeah, guy. Right. Wrong guy, Tommy. I remember spending 10 hours or so with you, man. You got anything on that? You want me to tell you the Tommy? You want to wait Tommy... until a later episode? You want to go right now? <laughs> well, we can do it right now, Tommy, as long as I have your permission. Listen, man, I'm having a beer. I'm having some fun. And I want to reminisce about me and Ray Gordy down the road, man. All right, so what we'll do then, Tommy, since I have your permission to reminisce, and that's what we're going to call it, we're reminiscing. It's not... I, I know the boys have a, have a thing where, you know, you kind of, you don't talk about the shit that you guys do on a daily basis outside of the ring and just spill the beans in public like this. But since you want to reminisce, I'll be happy to, to remind you because you, your, your mind's probably a little fuzzy about that day. No, so. I remember everything. 1981, <laughs> check, we'll drive. 
Wrong year. I was like two, but uh, I wish I wish I had uh, been down there back in those days. That's another story. Oh, your last Russell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, here right, we I'm go, David. Hell up, and let you tell your story. <laughs> All right, Tommy, I appreciate that. So we go back in time about uh, twenty years ago. Uh, hopefully, Tommy will remember these things. Uh, anyways. So it starts off, Tommy's working shows all weekend here in town, doing, you know, working some indie shows. And um, some Mark inherited a bunch of money from some dead family member, and he opened up a wrestling store in a plaza. And it sounded, you know, as a, as a fucking wrestling fan, that sounded phenomenal. But really, when you think about it as a business person, that just sounds all kinds of bad. Bad, bad, bad idea. Anyways, we conned, or sorry, we talked this guy into bringing Tommy Rich into his store to sign autographs. That the the you say like, he, bought, he bought he bought a store in a plasma plasma. Yeah, I just is that another word for gigging? Because yeah. plasma blood, you know. I hardly stole that. Anyway, go ahead. Wrong kind of plaza, Tommy. Not plasma, plaza. And so my bad. We talked to Tommy, and we said. uh Tommy, how much would you come here and do this for? And we were going to get a cut. Tommy would take half and we'd get half. Tommy said, well, tell, tell him $400. That's insane, by the way. Tommy, that was terrible that you fucking asked me. This Mark, this guy, he agrees to it. I'm like, this is, this is all kinds of bad for this guy. But all right, if you're throwing money out, that's fine. We'll take it. And so Tommy was supposed to get $200. We were supposed to get $200. You remember this, Tommy? Because he paid you all $400 and we never saw our 200 for, for getting you the nah, gig. Man, excuse me, I don't recollect any, anything <laughs> like that. Sorry, man. Continue, but I, it might not have been me, man. Well, that's how the day started. That was the morning into the early afternoon with you, Tommy. So you kept the money, though. I know where a portion of that money went because we came back into town. And this remember, you wrestle much later in the day. This is your training regimen. This is how Tommy Rich hey, man. trains. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, man. It was Golden Boy Chick Donovan that talked to me about splitting the money with him. <laughs> the issue is not with Ray Russell or Tommy Rich. It's with Chick Donovan. Have you seen Chick Donovan. Donovan? Have you seen Chick Donovan? He wrestles on his street out out, out in a ring in in, in, uh, in his front yard. So I'm thinking Chick wasn't looking for 200 bucks, Tommy. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. I don't know. Rip Rogers, Chick Donovan, one of them blonde head boys back in the day. But go ahead. No, don't don't mind me interrupting Ray Russell. Tell the story about when we're hanging out. So we head on back into the hood where I grew up, and you decided that um, you wanted some. As and, and I'm gonna let me try to do your voice, Tommy. Please don't get offended when I do this. Hey man, you know I can get any eggs? And I said, what the fuck's he talking about? This so I said, what'd you say? He said some eggs. And I, I kept thinking, what the fuck is he? What tells Tommy Rich want fucking eggs? What the fuck is he talking the Z, about? The ZZ Top song, man. I wanted to hear legs. And so I figured out you were talking about drugs. And I go, man. I oh, can't. shit. Can't fade, Can't You told me I could tell this story, damn it. So, <laughs> so anyways, once I figured that out, I'm like, man, I don't, I don't know a drug by the name of eggs. So I have no idea. But. There was a, a a buddy of mine who lived about two streets over from me uh, in my earlier life uh, before I moved out of the hood. And so I said, I, if anybody knows what this is, it's him. So because he <laughs> perhaps dealt these things, allegedly. So I drove down the street and lo and behold, he's standing out on the sidewalk in front of his house like a good alleged dealer may do. And 
<laughs> and I get out and you're Tommy. I remember this because I was with my buddy. We were driving uh, in the front seat and you were laying side, laying back in the back, kind of half asleep or whatever. And he comes up to the window and you say, Hey man, you got any eggs? Finally, he understood what you meant. <laughs> he, he understood what you meant. You're talking ecstasy X. You're saying I, I'm hearing eggs and you're saying X and Tommy, it's just your voice. I sorry. I apologize. So, Dude goes, no, I don't, I don't have any of that. I just got crack. And you say, I don't want any crack. And then five seconds go by and you go, well, let me see it. <laughs> and dude reaches into his mouth and grabs a string that's tied around his teeth and starts pulling a bag of crack up out of his throat. He, he gags as he's doing it. I'm watching all of this happen, mind you. I'm, I'm completing a drug deal for Wildfire Tommy Rich. And he pulls the bag out of his mouth. He takes the crack out, pours it into Tommy's hand. Tommy's looking at it. He's like, all right, how much? And Tommy paid the man out of probably part of my $200. And uh, no doubt about it. And so Tommy settled. He, he went there for ecstasy and he settled on crack. So that's where we were there. And I apologize for telling the story now. I, 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 oh, man. Anyways, and the dude, before I leave, he looks at me. He goes, is that your dad? I was like, what the fuck? I wanted to go, I wanted to go, no, it's wildfire Tommy Rich, but he would have had no fucking clue what that was. So I go, no, that. Hey, man, you should have said, read Missy High's book. My brothers were in her stomach. <laughs> very true. Very, very true. And, and possibly Jim Barnett's as well from stories I heard, but I don't want to go there. Sorry, Tommy. But. Hey, man. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do, right? Took one for the team, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm not nothing. So I don't we, even remember none of this, man. Well, you told me you remembered everything. Damn it. So we take this alleged possible drug and you purchase it. And uh, any other time when somebody asks me if, like, is Tommy Rich your dad? I mean, obviously I would say no, but I would be proud. They're like, oh my God, a fucking former NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Somebody asked if it was my dad, but you slumped over sideways in the back of my car. Purchasing crack from him, I was like immediately. I was like, "No, that is not my dad." <laughs> so we head on over to where you're staying. You don't stay in a hotel. You're a good guy. You stay with the uh, the local guy that lets some of the uh, upscale wrestlers stay at his house. He's a uh, a known alleged weed dealer. He possibly grows a lot of weed in his basement. That's where you were staying. Scott Gold, Scott Goldstein, <laughs> to protect the innocent. We'll call him Mauler Mo. That's as far as I'm going to go with this. And okay. we get there, and of course, you're doing crack, and you're doing weed. <laughs> you got a 12-pack of Bud Light, which you finished, by the way. Remember, you're wrestling later tonight. And at the time, the Taco Bell had a 10-pack of tacos, not the 12-pack now. 10-pack of tacos you purchased on the way there. Uh, three fire sauces for every taco. So 30, or, yeah, 30, 30, 30 fire sauces. You poured three. Somebody say something. <laughs> Fired up. <laughs> Boy, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> and so you proceeded to eat 10 tacos with 30 hot sauces and 12 Bud Lights. You smoked your crack. You smoked your weed. And off we went to the show. This It was tremendous watching you function through all of this. And we get to the show and you go it's backstage. Hey, like, hold on, Ray. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely. It's kind of like doing DDP yoga before he's... Got to stretch out and warm yourself up, you know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. So we get to the show, and this particular building had a theater-type 
stage on it as well. And that's where the voice changed. They came out from the curtains on the stage down this uh, ramp. And so when you got back there, you went to the back of the stage and laid down and passed out for about an hour. You got up as the show was going on. You stretched. Yes. Some people call it passed out, but meditation. Yes. And uh, you got up and you actually stretched your legs for about 30 seconds. I'm being generous and out to the ring. Wildfire Tommy Rich. What a phenomenal day. I'll never forget watching the crack come out of the throat. It was, it was comical. It was a joke between me and my buddy who were in the car for several weeks, if not months. Not that part, but the part where you're like, got any X? No, I got crack. I don't want that, but uh, let me see it anyway. <laughs> and, and, and you bought it. So that's, that's the story. I mean, hopefully I didn't build it up to where somebody's expecting something sweet to be told, but it was just a day in the life of, of a wrestler by the name of Tommy Rich anyway. So we started off, we thought we, we conned a wrestling store guy into giving us some money. That, by the way, Tommy, I feel bad that like three people came into the store while you were there. Former NWA champion, that's, that's just not cool. That's not cool. Listen, man, I don't recall this you know, particular situation, but I think there was like, Hurricane Gloria or some shit back then. And, and it <laughs> held the people away from my personal appearance. You know what I'm saying? And as far as the guy that puked on crack up, <laughs> I mean, what the fuck are we going to do? You know, we're in the hood and we want to feel good. And I would double R Ray <laughs> Russell. Don't bring me S's. into this. There's no, there's no we no. in this, Tommy. I didn't touch the crack. <laughs> well, then why didn't I give you your hat? You would touch a something, man, because... I would have never shortchanged you. It was Chick Donovan. Chick Donovan. I'm going to have to look him up and fucking find his fucking email address or something. Get a hold of him. Maybe I'll have Chick Donovan on the but, show. We'll talk to him about it. But I do thank you for the ride and the day that I remember, man. I was just <laughs> meditating on the floor and, uh, you know, just trying to. Did I mention I was an NWA world champion? No, I, I actually knew that, believe it or not. Yeah, it's uh, it's, I've known that yeah, for a long time. Man. We used to come up Fred and Miller and say, be there. <laughs> you want know you want to hear, you know, there's like a, there's like an exclamation point to this story too. That just, it's, it's, it's a kick in the head, man. I stay at the show. I'm at the show. The show ends. I, I bid adieu to you, Tommy. At the end of the night, you go off back to Mahler Moe's house and never, never do I see you again until you return, you know, next month or whatever to town. I go over my girlfriend at the time's aunt's house. I'm staying the night over there with her and I come in the door and I figure this aunt doesn't watch wrestling, doesn't know anything about wrestling. I didn't put two and two together that maybe as a kid she did. And Georgia Championship Wrestling being syndicated into my area at the time that was the wrestling in town. So I walk in thinking I'm going to, uh, I told my girlfriend she had no idea. Sorry, buddy. She didn't know who you were. I said, I spent all day driving wildfire Tommy Rich or Tommy Rich around, I said. And her aunt's eyes opened up huge. She goes, wildfire, Tommy. Like It was like 1981 all over again in her eyes. And I'm thinking, oh, she's like, you drove around wildfire, Tommy. She was probably one of your rats in town. I am the demo guy. (laughs) (laughs) And I could only think, as she said that, if you only knew (laughs) like what Tommy Rich is like today as compared to, you know, back in the early 80s, late 70s, whatnot. So, yeah, it, it was just hilarious in my mind. I didn't go into. I, I didn't give your story away, Tommy. Not not until today. I've never told the story to anyone until right now. Uh, now everybody can hear it. But I, I held it in, inside me for twenty years, so it had to come out. Hey, listen, man. I I had a lot of rough times on the road, but I, 
something's coming back to me that I remember you, sir. And I appreciate everything you did for me that day and that night. And the promoter, the Bo Mauler, whatever the fuck you say his name is or whatever. But I remember, like, somebody pulling some shit like a fish at their, at their throat. And <laughs> I picture that shit right now. And I remember that. So I remember you're a good egg. And I'll get you that 200 soon. Probably, I'll probably send it via PayPal with Tom Robinson. You know that asshole? I've I've talked to him a time or two. Well, I probably get a hold of him and he'll 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 you know square up. So I apologize. Well, make sure you send the friends and family option. I don't want PayPal taking the fees out. You owe me two hundred flat, buddy. My bad. <laughs> All right, Tommy. Thanks for joining the show. I hope you enjoyed the trip down memory lane and a day in the life of Tommy Rich twenty years ago, mind you. I don't know what Tommy's got going on since. I know he got cleaned up for a while after that. I have no idea what he's doing right now but uh i do love me some tommy rich georgia championship wrestling was what was on tv when i first started watching wrestling so uh tommy was always yeah i mean he's always been part of the business as far as uh, i've known um there was a period where nobody wanted to touch you <laughs> in the late 80s there but popped back up in the nwa by 89 and wcw for the next few years and whatnot and then eventually ec dub so oh that was another story to who i shouldn't tell this though this might get somebody in trouble a story you told me in the car that day when we were driving back from that store, you were still kind of upset. So this is maybe about 2000, 99, 2000. You were still upset to some degree that you had gotten fired or released or whatever you want to call it from ECW. You and Tracy had gotten booted from ECW and you said <laughs> that fucking Guido, he wanted to be serious. We were having fun. And basically you blamed Guido for getting you fired because, you know, he was in the office and you got Paul to change the FBI gimmick to take a more serious approach. And uh, you guys were canned. That's the story you told me anyway. Well, that's true, man, because that little fucking dango <laughs> motherfucker, wop, whatever you want to call him, a little, uh, he, he's doing Hindu squats in the, in the dressing room like some mark. I drew fucking millions and millions of dollars in this business, you know what I mean? And me and Trace, God bless us, God rest his soul, Trace's mother's. Love Trace. The T is for, the, the for Tommy, the H, H is for Rich. Uh, whatever a thug, because a thug can't spell. Well, that you would be I mean? accurate then. But, yeah, I get it. But uh, anyway, we were talking about that little Dago. He, he goes <laughs> and stooges. You know what I mean? Oh, and, my God, uh, Tommy. The full-blooded full Italians, we, we, we're a tight-knit group. And you know what I'm saying. That's why, you know, I confided in you. Well, <laughs> I apologize for letting the cat out of the bag all these years later. The T is for Tommy. The H is for Rich. The U is for you, Ray Russell. And the G is for a bitch. And that's fucking Guido. Oh, man. Love it. I don't know if that'll fit on a shirt, but if it does, we got that's, that's shirt number one here on TR Shocks the World. Tommy, Thank you for that. Because Wi-Fi can't spam. You got that right. Love you, Tommy, man. We'll talk, again. we'll talk again soon, brother. Love you guys. Except Robinson. He has <laughs> All right. Tommy Rich, everybody. Tom, you still there? Unfortunately, yes, I am, sir. Thank you for staying silent and allowing me to tell my story with Tommy Rich. Well, it was a great story. I mean, <laughs> fuck. If there wasn't no run-ins and could actually, uh, hopefully people could decipher what you went through that day. And uh, that, is, that is truly a day in the life of some wrestlers back in the day. Right. Um, yeah. And you being the guy who's you know, just 
part of the business in your own little way in that because I've, I, you know, I've done similar things and you're just kind of like, like so if, if your buddy, like from around the block said, Hey, drive me to such and such and we'll try to get such and such or whatever. You'd kind of be skeptical and you'd kind of talk, but you're in the moment. You're with fucking some star and you end up like another guy from Philly. I won't mention his name was with Buddy Landell one time. Oh, and boy. Buddy asked him. Buddy asked him to drive him to a certain area of town to get something to make him feel better or whatever. And Buddy says, you know, he throws him a 20 after he drove him down there and, and says, you know, if anything fucked up happens, hey, man, if anything fucked up happens, you know. <laughs> yeah. And the dude just, like, was so into Buddy Landell and the fact that he's Buddy Landell's, quote, buddy, he waited an hour and a half. Ugh. And Buddy Landau came back from the abyss, so to speak, and uh, <laughs> the the dude drove him home, you know. So drove him back to the hotel, I should say. So could you, could you imagine you know, what uh, these, these people are thinking as somebody like Buddy Landell walks in there with the with the tan and the the bleached blonde hair and the, the southern accent? Bleached <laughs> bleached blonde hair is so fucking badass because like. Like brothers in the projects who hate white people, if you come in with bleach blonde hair, they immediately think of Ric Flair. Yeah, and they'll fucking put their they'll put their guns away. They will. I mean, they just love the the styling and profiling. And if you have the balls to be that fucking out there, they're they're gonna hang out with you, man. I mean, just from what I've been told from you now and from my other friend and etc. So. We got a, We didn't have nothing for the show, but we ended up pretty good before we uh, got the other stuff, right? Hey, it's funny you said that. I was thinking the same thing. It's like, man, we're like an hour into the show almost, and we haven't even gotten to the sizzling six, which it's just coincidentally, Tom, that's what's up next on the show. It's time for Tom Robinson's sizzling six. You ready, Tom? Uh, yes. In, oh. Yes, sort of. Get a little I have special a, special I have request a, music here for you, Tom. Oh yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Put so, what do you got for thing. us? Well, <laughs> what what we <laughs> this music is cracking me up, legit. Phenomenal. Um, <laughs> yeah, baby. Oh yeah. Um, Are you distracted? <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. Yeah. Perfect, perfect music. Perfect music. Uh, <laughs> Tom God came. God bless un- you, Barry White. God bless you, Barry White. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. You. Where will you be without Barry White? We would be a lot less, a lot less babies, <laughs> a lot less babies in, in the United States. <laughs> yeah. Number six, number six, brother Barry. Listen to me as I speak to you. Party people, party people, say y'all get funky. No, um, my brother Barry White brought me in. And the number one last month 
I should say. I was going to say last week. But because of Ray's um, kicking COVID's ass and me kicking work's ass and getting a better schedule, we're going to be more regular. So we got to go month to month right now, but we're going to go week to week eventually. I like it. Number six. Number six is the hot Italian chick from New York, and you can't teach that. Carmela, who was number one. I was going to say, she was number our first, our very first number one in the Sizzling Six. She's now fallen to six this week, and I should point out, in case anybody missed last one, which I, I don't know if they did, because, man, we really had some good numbers on that last episode, the debut of the Sizzling Six. So Carmella makes it to, she falls to six, but she's still in there, Tom. What'd she do for you this time? Oh, my goodness. Um, she has that intro behind the screen that is like a peep show to me, and if I were a younger man, I would you know, maybe take care of myself before she even walked the aisle. But Carmela, the daughter of a job guy from years past, right. ex-girlfriend of Big Cass, who's now W. Marcy on Impact, and everybody says, oh, I don't watch Impact. Well, I do, motherfucker. She <laughs> has had some quality cock in her mind, and she looks the part, and stays the part. She knows she's not Jaguar Yakota or whoever the <laughs> fuck you want to say is a great worker, but she's making dollar dollar bill, y'all. And behind that screen when she just does her little dance and as she comes out with that little Italian fucking already tan legs and a little booty and, and she got her double implants and fake ass lashes and shit like that. I love fake. Give me fake all day. I'll fuck you for 20 years, Carmella. <laughs> and then I'll wake up next to you. And you look like Groucho Marx and I'll be out the door. But anyway, you are number six, Carmella. You're former number one. So I'll at your boy. Well, hold on, though. Out of all of that, everything you just said about Carmella, you talked about quality cock. Are you calling Corey Graves quality cock? And how would you know what quality cock is exactly, Tom? Listen, <laughs> I've had some confusion lately as I've, as I've grown older, but that has nothing to do with it's my porn experience from the late 80s with the Tom Byrons of the world and et cetera, where I've seen. And quite frankly, uh, Ray Russell and everybody, to, uh, I don't care. When I piss at a urinal, I look to my left and I look to my right, not not for sexuality, just to see if I'm hung like them. And, you know. You, you gain education sometimes. So. And Carmel went, as we talked last episode, Carmel went on one of those fucking shows, Total Divas or something, and said, I, uh, fuck, what did she say? Do you remember? Uh, you told, you told me I'm she not, said something along the lines of, uh, I want to see your cock or something like that. I can't remember. Exactly no, no, it was, I wanted to make you say why she said it because it would be funny coming from you. But anyway, <laughs> It I was, honestly love three ways. I love four ways. Was it that? Yeah, I bet you do, Sasha. Just hit me up, girl. Anyway, um, no, she said something like, I want to see your beautiful cock. <laughs> but she mentioned beautiful cock in some some way. Gotcha. Not to be confused with a Russell Crowe movie that was like all accoladed, <laughs> allocated. Allocated. <laughs> it's like Sluger would anyway, say. Yes. Thank you for, you know. Because there's fans out there that won't get what I say. I got you. <laughs> number, 
Number five. This one's going to make you mad, I think. Oh, boy. Nikki Cross. Ugh. How? Well, I get, I get it with the gimmick. I get it with the gimmick. I like cosplay, so that's good. That works. Your articulate explanation of how the sizzling six works and what it means. It's not the six hottest chicks in wrestling. Right. It is. What is it, Ray Russell? I don't know how you want me to describe this. It's uh, fucking whatever they do week to week that, that makes them pop and stand out, look good, maybe particularly a, a nice-looking outfit of sorts that maybe shows some things. Fuck, I don't know what else well, from. The definition is... There we go. The girl that looks her particular best. Right. So everybody's okay. even. Like, Nia Jax is not Mandy Rose. But if Nia Jax looks her best and Mandy Rose looks less than, Nia Jax is going to get a spot. But I'm not, I'm not selling that for Nikki because I legit looked at Nikki because she's been – I wish I could do – can you do a voice of hers? No, I cannot. You do shame, you do, just do Seamus and talk about her. You want me to say fella a whole bunch of times? I'm Nikki Cross fella. I don't fucking know. Fucking well, she shame. always says like when and she says win and like she fucks up all words Me. she's still over all over irish but anyway she got the superhero deal and she has these yellow things that go right up in her ass yeah. and i watched her getting rolled up and credit to wwe cameraman they zoomed right the fuck in and I said, and she, there's a little boobs bouncing a little bit. It's kind of like my man meat tits because I'm out of shape. But there's little boobs bouncing around when she's taking bumps and running to the ropes. And what the fuck, man? Nikki Cross is definitely fuckable. Killy and fucking dang, you go, you unemployed motherfucker. You <laughs> we'll go, see, boy. We'll see how long that lasts now. Now that she's on the road. Yeah, I know. And, and, uh, I, love, I love when the women make the money and the dudes are sitting home. It's fucking Vince does that or whoever's in that fucking office evil does that on purpose. Oh, absolutely. Um, but yeah, Nikki Cross has a fucking nice ass and I never knew it when she was running her five foot ass into the ropes like neck wise and a little boob <laughs> would like bounce off and whatever the fuck try she was trying to portray. But number five, Nikki Cross, you are on TR Shock's sizzling six. Well, she's now Nikki Ash, right? Nikki Ash. Oh, excuse me, Mister Current Fucking Wrestling. I oh, thought you were what I read. Russell. That's, that's, that's what uh, I fucking yeah, read. What you read? Yeah. Now you know everything. Yes, <laughs> a, a superhero or some shit. God damn you! Gotta <laughs> scoop my gimmick. I, I like I like the superhero gimmick. So uh... all right. Well, look at her ass next time objectively and say it's not hotter than her old. I'll do that. All right. Number. Four is going to surprise many from if they've heard my past on air shows and personas and opinions, etc. But the queen, Charlotte Flair. Now, she is the reason Ric Flair and I almost got in a fist fight um, when he misheard me, I think. I don't know what the fuck his deal was, but we'll talk about that story some other time when uh, the sweeps week are coming or something. Right on. Um, Anyway. Tom Robinson gets into a fight with Ric Flair. Story at 11. Yeah. But the, she has, and Ray, I'm going to go real with you. I'm not going to go tattooed fucking 285 asshole Tom. I'm going to go like 
Nice, Tom. All right. When you're in love, and I know you're in love, but in the beginning of love, you radiate. Something's about a person when they're, you know, I have a new solid romance and they're getting fucked against a wall in like a bathroom and like all that crazy shit that's going on. This is this is got, the this is the good boy Tom. <laughs> well, yeah, sort of. She's got that Mexican American. Don't like to get up early in the morning. That's an old Cheech and Chong song. Anyway, uh, sorry. I have to find some maracas. <laughs> She's got uh, this Andrade fella who had an awkward match with uh, Matt Seidel or Mike Seidel or fucking whatever, Evan Bourne. It was all right. But anyway. He's hammering the shit out of her and then grabbing her old man and suplexing him in in a fucking ocean. So Andrade, although I don't see the buzz about being a potential draw in America because he can't fucking speak, the language of love is international. You feel me? Oh, yeah. Um, She feels it. Oh, yeah! Charlotte Flair has looked her best, in my opinion, she had, she had a Rhea Ripley thing that's going back at least three or four Raws now where she had this multicolored bodysuit. And there's no question that if she was in a Cleveland, Ohio, Philadelphia, whatever, wherever, bar, single, sitting at the corner and stood up and went to the bathroom, Everybody would turn their head, no matter what they said about her face or nose. And they used to say this about uh, Summer Rae as well. Oh, fuck, she's got a big nose. Yeah. Yeah. She looks her best, and she makes number four of the Sizzling Six. All right. Number three. And I'm going to tell you who I took out. I took out one Anna Jay. So did Anna Jay go from three to nothing, or was she lower down there? She's disqualified because the more I thought about it and the concept of this, she's hot. She's a young bombshell. But her picture with Jungle Boy, I was looking at all her pictures of rehabbing and her beautiful face and stuff like that. She took advantage. She was more, it, it came up more radish. And I don't mean whatever, the vegetable, not radish. <laughs> Rat-ish to kiss Jungle Boy like, listen, you're an old school guy. Right. Jungle Boy may have a future, may be a nice guy, but that match with Omega was not Flair's thing. Never will be, never was, never, ever, nothing. Right. And she's kissing to put him over, so I got to drop her away from my sizzling six for a while. But number three is... Surprise, Reba slash Rebel. Okay. Before she blew up her kneecap on that fucking Ironhead dude's fucking back or whatever, doing a save, she had been working out, dropped some pounds. She's in her 30s, maybe. I don't know her age. I just know that if you Google Trace Atkins, honky-tonk, badonkadonk. That honky-tonk. The star of that video is Rebel. I don't know her real name. I met her once or twice. I saw her in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania when I thought Velvet Sky was the ass that crushed everything in the history of life. 
Bethlehem, <laughs> Pennsylvania, TNA tapings. Her ass was so fine. I mean, Rebel. I didn't care if she wrestled Shelly Martinez to a negative 77 star match. This is a fine motherfucking bitch. Former Dallas Cowboy cheerleader, etc. Put on a little, you know, sad weight during the pandemic, and she's a little skinny, hot, but thin young girl named Britt Baker. So her gimmick, and she's not Carl Gotch in the ring, but she worked out, and she dropped like 20 pounds, and that ass was pumping, and her abs were pumping, and everything she put out on the internet, and this is a whole fucking vision, guys, this Sizzling Six. This is the fucking Twitter pages and Instagrams and everything else. Rebel, I would go down on in a New York minute. You got to say that like Taz, New York minute, brother. Well, I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I was going for the Eagles old song because I did that in a cover band I was with once. <laughs> Fair um, enough. Number two, do we have any sizzles? Let me hear some sizzle. Was that sizzling enough for you? You want some more sizzling? Hey, no, thank you, Ray. I needed just some sizzle to fire me some, up. Some sizzle in my life. <laughs> I need that too, but that's <laughs> awful. Um, yeah, that, that, that sizzle reminds me of how hot the now out for nine months, a.k.a. she's pregnant. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> The girl who was going to carry Bianca Belair to a nice match, apparently, listen, before I tell you who you are, stop doing CrossFit because that's fucking dumb shit. Like, you can do it and all that once in a while, and you look like Seth Rollins. Like, you're strong as an ox, but you don't even look like you lift. So stop. Just stop with the fucking – just lift like a normal person and be all jacked. But anyway – um, from the side view, when she had her striped shirt right before she got called hurt, the SmackDown before last, goddamn, Bailey with the triple Ds that nobody knows about because she kayfabes them. Yeah. And the fucking, and the fucking gimmick stomach with the fucking, uh, you know, abs and the blue jeans, the blue jeans with, that shows that boom, ass that could fucking go in the hood or to the fucking, Nicest part of the city. Bill, a.k.a. Pam, you are number two on the sizzling six. I can buy that. I can buy that. I try to try to not focus so much on Bailey's facial area so much, especially with that haircut gimmick she, she enjoys right now. But, uh, yeah, man, from the neck down, though, tremendous. Body, yaddy, 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 yaddy. Never mind. So, that's a 20-some guy's reference. So that only uh, uh, that only leaves one then, or unless you got more to say about Bailey. No, Bailey's cool, man. Got, hope you do well in your rehab, and we will tag you so you'll hear this. Mm, nine months, ooh, that's a long time. But it's, it puts her back in time to return for WrestleMania, so who knows? Yes, and she'll get better. She'll go to doc, Dr. James Andrews or one of them specialists. <laughs> Is he still alive? That guy's been like 60 forever. So I, uh, quite frankly, and we're we're still kicking it. Wait a minute, I was supposed to go to MLW tonight. Wait a minute, fuck that. Sizzling six, get my mind right because it's number one, right? That's right, and it's time for the drum roll. Number one, Tom. Now everybody and their grandmother that hits me up about this 
and there's many. They'd be like, oh, why do you say not about Alexa Bliss? She, uh, well, Alexa Bliss used to hang her butt cheeks out. She don't do that now. She has black eyes, and she got her second, you know, whatever. And, you know, I love Sasha Banks. Uh, I haven't seen her. Like, she should be on a milk cart. Uh, there's a <laughs> yeah. lot of Kira Hogan. I watch Impact, and she's just doing promos now. You're not good. I mean, you might be all right at promos, but I need sex. I don't mean that in the way it sounds. That's a sound bite, by the way. Sex um, So everybody in AEW is doing a role that I should have paid for, Mr. Khan, because I would make it more entertaining and better. But Sterling Mark something or other is now the representative of one. Number one. Jade Cargill. Woo! Uh, she had the silver gear on for I don't know how long she's been around. Eight months. She's is, is that like a, an exact at, amount of time? I don't know how long she's been around. Eight months. <laughs> um, no, I'm actually giving a, uh, an estimate because okay. I, I have no idea. Uh, and when you first see her with the, you know, the hair matched the gear gotcha. and you see this chick with fucking ripped abs and fucking glorious long legs and fucking nice ass cheeks hanging out of that shit and fucking big fake titties with a skinny body with ribs. You can see I can fucking eat them ribs like a motherfucking mm, like a barbecue. <laughs> anyway, you're really feeling this geez. number one. Jade Cargill. Former athlete, former Jacksonville State, I think that's the university. I don't give a fuck, though, because this is about how hot you are. You play hoops, and hoops is my second love besides pro wrestling. Right. And you know Shaq and all them boys. Shaq's seven foot. I'm sure he's hung, but, you know, a brother can eat. You know what I'm saying? Anyway. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> you just bought me again. Anyway, so Jade Cargill decides to switch it up just for me and this show, I believe, Ray Russell, just for us. She switched it up and turned into a red bikini gimmick. And with her skin color and her just everything. And there was, I mean, I went back to like 15 years old because I think on the left, breast there was almost a nip slip there there was a little tease of a of a little chocolate curve and did you uh record it on your vcr and go back and press pause see if you saw anything i still got it on pause wait i'm waiting till this show's over jade cargill you are number one and you're a mom so that means downstairs has already been activated I love you it. are number one <laughs> in June. What, what month? June to July. You are number one, Jade Cargill. She is number one on my sizzling six. I can't argue. <laughs> I mean, I, I think most of the most of the ladies you have in the uh, six this week uh, belong in the six. I may have moved them around a little bit, but I, I'm I'm okay. I'm, I'm I'm even on board with the. Nikki Cross or Nikki Ash or whatever, as far as uh, her new gear goes, it works for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for Sasha to come back. Me too. To 
I honestly love three ways. I love four ways. Okay. That way we can use that more often. Wait a minute. That's me, you, her, and who? I can talk to my wife and see what happens. Oh, boy. I can't touch. <laughs> Even with permission, I've learned this lesson before. You cannot touch another man's woman. Even with permission. All right. Fair enough. All right, Tom. I got. <laughs> he, just, he just he went to the. He goes. Let's go home. <laughs> oh yeah! And that was the uh, sizzling six for uh, June, early July. And the reason I say June, early July is because I plan on doing another sizzling six with you next time, Tom. Because I talked to Tom right before we went on air about doing a fallout show of sorts for the Money in the Bank pay per view coming up. I'm actually looking forward to the first. It's probably first time since covid that i'm actually looking forward to a wrestling show even if even if it is wwe in the current way they're booking shit simply because there's going to be fans there and as long as vince hasn't learned how to overdub the audio during the show which i'm sure they they've really excelled at over the last year uh getting you to like who they want you to like and hate who they want you to hate so i'm a little scared that they're going to take audio and start doing that and kind of overlaying it over the actual live audience but i certainly hope not but uh, I never put anything past Vince. But yeah, so anyways, getting back to my point, Sizzling 6. Hopefully, Tom, you got another 6 for the Money in the Bank show just to kind of run through those real quick. Fucking right. I mean, uh, I'm down with the Money in the Bank. I, I am much like you, hoping that there's no uh, hyper-editing or Vince McMahon-esque editing and we can hear who actually is over. You know what I mean? Because... Uh, AEW had the the Miami deal, and besides Fatso, who I give a callback to, which I shouldn't have, um, we covered a little bit, but we we got an idea of who's actually over and, and who the promotion wants over and stuff. So right. I'm looking forward to it, too. Yeah, that can be a scary thing for some of these guys once they get back in there. And uh, I feel guys like Drew McIntyre may, oof, I mean, I haven't been feeling them for a while, but uh, it's a scary thought uh, what what they wind up doing. Like what the fans wind up Tar- doing for s- some of these guys. I- ironically, Taron Terrell hasn't been feeling them for a while either. Oh, oh, oh. oh. She sucked <laughs> his cup. Oh. <laughs> Straight to the point. Andrew Dice Clay style. Love it. All right. So, uh, you know what? Before we get any further into this show, and we're already fucking like, you know, an hour and a half into this show, but I always forget to do this and only on your show, Tom. So I blame you wholeheartedly here. I forgot to I'll do the plugs. <laughs> okay. Well, I forgot to plug our shows and, and everything that goes around our social media and things like that. I never do that on the other shows. I'm more in control of those. I have no control of this show. I, I, I man the, the editing and I man the, uh, fucking recording shit, the, the equipment and whatever. But Tom, you lead the show and we always go right into the good shit. And I, I kind of forget and I, I take the blame on that. And I got to be more professional moving forward. I got to uh, get this shit out at the top of the show, but. I want everybody to realize that Tom is on Twitter at TR Shock. Uh, go figure. TR Shock's the world. He's at TR Shock on Twitter. Tom also has a new Facebook page, but we won't go into why. But you can find Thomas Robinson on, <laughs> on, on Facebook as well. Uh, just make sure it's the right account. The new account. You called me mid uh, sip there. That was. Uh, I apologize. <laughs> And you can follow uh, WrestleCopia, the brand WrestleCopia, at WrestleCopia.com. You can visit our website. Of course, you can th- you can listen to the show, TR Shocks the World, and all the other shows of the WrestleCopia brand over at the website, www.wrestlecopia.com. Or you can follow us on any of your favorite podcast streaming apps, obviously, Spotify, Stitcher, 
Apple Pod, Google Pod, Amazon. We're, we're everywhere. So, uh, yeah, TR Shocks the World. You can hear it anywhere. If you're listening to it, you already know that. But I just wanted to make everybody privy to that as well. And you can follow me, Ray Russell, at Rasslin Grenade on Twitter. That's at R-A-S-S-L-I-N Grenade. We've also finally got our own vanity URL on our Facebook page. So you can actually go to Facebook.com slash Rasslin Grenade there. We have enough likes and subscribers, followers on Facebook now that we got our own vanity URL. We're looking for a vanity URL on YouTube still. So please look up the Wrestling Memory Grenade YouTube account and subscribe. Please subscribe. We need 100 subscribers in order to get a vanity URL over there so we can be at YouTube.com slash whatever. And uh, yeah, and we're already more than halfway there. I think I got 50 some subscribers right now already. And I've been adding videos <laughs> like. Oh! Wow. Living on a prayer. Wow. You're a regular fucking uh, Ray Jericho. That's, uh, yeah, I mean, that, 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 <laughs> that's not a compliment. But you hit it. Yeah. 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 It's uh, one of my karaoke specials. So. <laughs> Wow. Tommy used to work on the docks, brother. Once upon a that time. Was a, that was a surprise. Nice. I try. I aim to I aim to please if you will. Nice. But yeah, so anyways, that's our Twitter, TR Shock, Wrestling Grenade. We're on Facebook. It's Facebook.com slash Wrestling Grenade. I post everything there, not just the Wrestling Grenade, but Tom's the TR Shock's the World Show, Monday Warfare, everything else going on. And damn, I had something else to say, and I, I fucking lost train of thought when you busted into that song there. But it's it's all right. I, maybe it'll come back to me. Maybe it won't. It won't matter. Before we continue well, on with the show, I'll, though, I'll, I'll, hold on. I'll do yeah. a I'll do a uh, little filler in case you want to try to remember while I'm doing it. <laughs> okay. Um, as as we're taping, I I got a, a sound of a text, so nobody knows we're taping because it's not live, and I have a hot, big titted black chick neighbor that we exchanged smiles earlier. Oh, my. So, oh, my. So I looked at this text like like nobody has my number, including she. But there's this black chick who's is posing, and she's, like, saying uh, some, suggest- some suggestive things. I, I don't – I can't quote her or whatever, but I'm like, wow, I got to get off the air just so I can see what the fuck this is. But uh, I had a little break, and I, I looked, and she goes, is this Mito? M-I-T-T-O. So <laughs> she, she just texted me some suggestive shit. It wasn't the girl that I'm referring to. So that's, that's the way my luck's been lately. It's, it's some chick bearing her uh, bosoms, and not naked, but suggestively. And... Uh, she was looking for M-I-T-T-O. So fuck you, Mito. You're not on my fucking podcast or Ray Russell's WrestleCopia. You're just a fucking dude who's going to fuck her. Fuck yeah. you. Fuck Mito. Right in the ass. <laughs> no no lube. Yeah, fuck your ass. Isn't that Jericho's <laughs> thing? It sounds like something that he, he would say if, if he could get away with saying it on TV. Right. Right, right. right. Yeah, so uh, before we go on... I had, well, I had it up here. It is. Okay, here we go. So over on the Grenade Show, I started doing the WWF in 1993. And a part of it, it wasn't initially going to be a big part of the show, but it just, there's so much good shit. It's good shit, pal. Uh, During that time period was when Jerry Jarrett, I don't know if you remember that time, Jerry Jarrett got brought up to 
kind of study under Vince to quote unquote replace Vince in case Vince, you know, went to prison, you know, for the steroids yeah. and whatnot. So during that period, they were really doing that crossover shit, sending guys down from the WWF down to Memphis work to work the USWA. And there's, and I really, I, I got to put this guy over and I don't know who it is. I, I, I'm not on YouTube right now to look him up, but there is a, a guy who posted something called Mick Memphis. And there's, I don't know how many parts to it, maybe 20, 30 some parts. Uh, it, but it starts in the summer when Vince McMahon became a heel character in 1993 in the USWA. And it's been on there First for years. Time. It's, yeah, and it was fucking awesome. It's great shit. But what was so funny, it was like Vince's bizarro world, too, because you remember Memphis, whoever came down there, the heels were the faces, the faces were the heels. So Vince is a heel, Macho Man's a heel, the Bret Hart's a heel, and then the Giant Gonzalez is a fucking baby face, right? So nothing made any sense down there when they were doing all this shit. But one thing they did down there, and, and this goes back, this is my point, was the crossover stuff actually started at the beginning of February. In 1993. And all that stuff from February to July really isn't documented on YouTube as much as it should be. So I've started posting that on YouTube, on Twitter, on Facebook. Is all of the WWF crossover stuff down in USWA. And it all started back on February 6th. And this is where I'm getting to now, Tom. I'm cutting to the chase finally. Is Doink the Clown invaded that episode of USWA. He was in every segment except for one. He was making Jerry Lawler slip on banana peels and Jeff Jarrett was slipping on oil and, and it, he, he was teaming up with Brian Christopher doing all these evil deeds throughout the course of the show. Was this in the shower with Jackie Moore? <laughs> no, but she, he Sorry. did give her a pie in the face. If you can turn that into a joke, feel free. Oh boy, I would like to. But anyway, <laughs> go ahead. All right, so there was one segment in the middle of the show that didn't feature Doink, but it featured a second WWF star that they sent down to get over as a heel on USWA television. And he was coming into feud with Harvey Whippleman in the WWF. But down there, as you know, Tom, was, he was downtown Bruno. Right on. And Mama says it bees that way sometime. And this video was sent into the USWA, and they play this for this secondary heel, only to doink the clown, coming down to the USWA. Ladies and gentlemen, allow me to introduce myself. Some of you may know me, and some of you may not. My name is Howard Finkel. I'm also known as The Fink, and I am the premier ring announcer in the World Wrestling Federation, the very best in wrestling today. As of late, I've been having a problem with a man I know as Whippleman, but apparently you people here in Memphis know as Downtown Bruno. My goodness, that has to be the stupidest name that I've ever heard. Who could walk around the streets of Memphis and call himself Downtown? Give the man a road map, he wouldn't know downtown from uptown. That's how dumb he is. I've had some problems over the past few months with him concerning things that he has put the blame on me for. Don't buy it for a second, folks. I'm the one that's in the right. I've been in the World Wrestling Federation doing ring announcing for a long, long time, and never have I ever faced a more stupider, idiotic, excuse for a human being like downtown oh, downtown bruno what a name well nevertheless it is going to all come to a head this monday night at the mid-south coliseum finally the opportunity is going to be there for your so-called hero to become even more of a hero when he steps into the ring and goes one-on-one -on -one with me 
and this is going to be something that I perhaps shouldn't be looking forward to if you want to believe downtown Bruno. I don't believe that idiot for a second. I know that I'm going to have to come down from the Big Apple and fly down to Memphis, Tennessee this Monday night at the Mid-South Coliseum and step into the ring with downtown Bruno. Give me a break. And for those who didn't pick up on that, that was Howard Finkel, the ring announcer in the WWF. I just got a kick out of that watching Howard. You could tell he really enjoyed being able to be an actual character and play a heel and uh, even be, be involved in the territory, so to speak. USWA is still around here in the 90s. I, I didn't know, you know, I, I, when I started it, I was just going to put up a, a couple of segments of Doink. And then I realized, man, he's on the whole show. And I start cutting these things and posting them on on social media, on YouTube and everything. And then this Fink thing right in the middle. And, of course, downtown Bruno uh, has a rebuttal afterwards. But um, I just thought you might like, might enjoy that, a little heel Fink there. This contest is scheduled for one fall. I love Fink. Uh, I didn't remember that clip, actually. I remembered Vince did the heel thing for a while. Love Bruno. I got Bruno on tape somewhere saying something to me. It's a, one of them tapes I'm going to send you that you can convert. Um, I gave him my USWA hat because he didn't have something one time. Dennis Carluzzo and I and everybody else were down there. Um, any Memphis is good. Anything, especially if you intertwine. As you saw, Fink is just an announcer, but he was always, you know, well-rounded. Right. All right. R.I.P. Howard Finkel. And yeah. That's, to me, I would watch that more than I would watch Flair versus Steamboat. But, I mean, that's just me. Because I like storylines, as I said, and weird shit and funny shit, et cetera. So, well, they, they definitely know, have storylines and weird shit and funny shit in Memphis. No doubt. It's like the perfect territory. Not going to see a lot of uh, classic wrestling matches down in Memphis, but some damn good fights and a hell of a lot of in- interesting shit on TV for sure. And Lance Russell most Fucking of the time. Right. No Lance Russell in 93, unfortunately, uh, when Vince came through. Was, like but, uh, Corey, was it Corey Macklin or was yeah. it Dave Brown? Or? Yeah, both of them, Corey and Dave. Uh, this is before Lance comes back. Lance eventually does come back. I'm not sure if Lance was still getting paid by WCW at this point or not. I know he was there 89, 90, 91. They didn't even have him on TV quick, in 91. Quick run-in. I, I knew Lance. I mean, I'm... I didn't know Lance like, uh, you know, a lot of other people did calling him like every day till he passed, unfortunately. But right. um, I knew Lance Russell uh, and Joel Goodhart and I went to Salisbury, Maryland for a WCW or whatever the fuck they were then. NWA, I don't know. House show. Uh, uh, and Lance Russell, I mean, uh, we saw whoever, you know, Bobby Eaton and uh, I was just a fixture in that thing back then as a stooge whatever you want to call me but i was welcome there and lance russell was flying out of philadelphia so me and the uh, radio acclaimed joel goodhart drove lance back from salisbury maryland to philly which is about two and a half hours i guess and it was just constant me talking and talking and then all of a sudden uh you know there was like a five minute pause of silence and I was just like, man, I must suck with my comments because I've never heard Joel Goodhart and Lance Russell speeches. And that, you know, it was a corny pop. <laughs> but consider my company, Lance is like 
you know, hey, yo, hey, uh, you know, he just leveled in, boy. And I mean, to tell you. but I mean, he is some know, kind of know, tough. <laughs> exactly. If if you guys picture the car ride, I mean, when five minutes literally go by without a comment, you know me now, and you know those two. Well, maybe you don't know Joel Goodhart, but uh, hit the Google machine, as they say. And uh, Joel talked a lot. So it was just like a, a awkward silence. And then once I said that, everybody chuckled and we got back to talking wrestling. So anyway, sorry to interrupt. No, right on. Any any story that involves Lance Russell, I'm I'm totally welcoming uh, to any of my shows that I'm part of. So <laughs> I'm down. And this is your show, Tom. So don't apologize to me. Oh, my bad. <laughs> Lance, Lance Russell stories are, are welcome anytime, 24 hours a day. Uh, probably my favorite announcer, period. If I had to yeah, think about it, he, he was great at everything and, uh, as a person, too. I mean, just phenomenal. You know, it's, I got it's kinda, lucky to be down there. You know, it's kind of funny, uh, off topic, but it's about Lance. Is um, a lot of people talk about comfort foods and comfort things. I, I see a lot of people talk about comfort, like announcers, like you can go to sleep listening to them talk. And like probably my number one's like Gorilla Monsoon. He's so like monotone as far as his delivery, unless he's yelling at, at Bobby. So it it was just always so comfortable. I could just lay on the couch and go to sleep while I hear Gorilla doing commentary or or Bob Caudle doing commentary. Lance, who is probably my favorite, you can't sleep through Lance Russell. It's just too much, too much Southern, too much. He's got that that high pitch. You know, oh, yellow again. So Lance, I can't watch Memphis wrestling when I'm trying to doze off. So that's the only thing I could say about that. This is another thing I could think of Lance Russell real quick. No, no stories of riding yeah. around with Lance. Unfortunately, I, w- I wish I had stories like that. No, it was, it was a great time. And, um, you mentioned uh gorilla monsoon, which made me think of something else in my fucked up brain. First <laughs> time I ever met gorilla monsoon was outside of a wrestling genre or environment would can be I, a better word. Can I guess? Yeah. Casino? <laughs> no, because uh, now that I'm a, a gambling addict, thanks for bringing it up. Now I got to go to a 12-step meeting. <laughs> anyway, um, thanks, Ray. <laughs> you prick. You were supposed to be my sponsor. You are supposed to be my sponsor. Talking to the Fuck, wrong no. dude. I was just at the Where? casino a week ago. Oh, my God. We should never meet in person. But anyway, <laughs> um, Gorilla Monsoon. Uh, from Willingboro, New Jersey, as they built him. I, uh, my father used to take me to Philadelphia Arena because I was that little kid who was weird but acted normal when I watched wrestling right. for some reason. Ass backwards. Basically, I'm, ha- basically I'm half retarded still to this day. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's a shoot. But anyway... Um, me and my friend Richie Gabe, who was like four years older than me, but was the only kid in my little town of Clifton Heights that liked wrestling. Um, my dad offered to take us to the theme park, Jackson, New Jersey, Great Adventure. And we're walking around to see what rides we like and what whatever. And there's this big motherfucker sitting on a bench with his arms over the, the bench so nobody could sit next to him, kind of like unless they had their – he had his arms around him. And we walked back, and I said, Dad, is that Gorilla Monsoon? He goes, yeah, I think it is. And 
um, my dad. Uh, there's a lot of future in this podcast for my dad. But anyway, um, we went back scared as shit and grill monsoon said hey nice to meet you like i don't know if he was taking that young joey morella maybe or okay. whoever right or maybe he was doing a grizzly smith i don't know but anyway oh man. i met I, I hope i hope not i i, I, I can't see monsoon that. at age like five or six literally um richie gabe was like 10 so i was I was into wrestling literally that far back, and I'm 51 years old. Do you think? Uh, do you think the kid could have been uh, that Victor Quinones? <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. You never know. You have to look it up. Ask Mills, <laughs> or actually, actually, you shouldn't ask Mills because he'll probably angrily like respond to you. you. Should ask like Sean Ross Sap or Mike. PWI, whatever the fuck his name is. Anyway, I'm not dissing you guys. I love that you report on wrestling, but Meltzer is my guy. So. Nothing da- you can say can take me away from my guy. I sound like one of those bad, <laughs> them bad falsettos. <laughs> he does like anyway, the same, doesn't were he? We? Well, you know, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know where Go we ahead. were. I don't even know where we're going at this point. But, uh, you know, another thing we, I should have touched on earlier when we were talking about some of the recent news out there was Terry Funk. You know, Don Morocco oh. has, a, has a podcast now. And I guess, yes. you know, these wrestlers don't realize what is out there as far as news goes and things. They just talk about shit and don't realize that, oh, nobody knew this. And Morocco kind of let the cat out of the bag that Terry was dealing with uh, maybe early signs of dementia or, or something along those lines. And he was living in, uh, I don't know, I can't even think of the word now, Tom, help me out here. It's not hospice care. It's probably no. a retirement home, maybe, like or that. I don't know what Something part Morocco lines. used. Something living. I got to ask I you a question. It. Yeah. I got to ask you a question, right? Yes. Yep. Are you a sissy? I am not a sissy, Mr. Funk. However, I perhaps may be an egg-sucking dog. Well, we may have uh, listeners that are new to me and you, so... I want to tell a like five second story about me and a weird dude named Rob Pfeiffer who has nothing to do with anything except that are you a sissy with funk coming at Cornette, et cetera. Right. We, we all know that story, right? Um, I kept saying that when I got drunk earlier in my life, like 20 years ago, <laughs> and we we're at a corner bar bar called the Clifton Inn and Rob Pfeiffer, who doesn't even like wrestling, picked it up and it, we followed people around and we changed it to St. Thomas of Assisi. And people would not know what we were doing, but they were just like, dude, what's wrong with you people? And we're <laughs> like, we just kept repeating it randomly for no reason. St. Thomas of Assisi. And with left hands, too, on purpose. I told him, make sure it's your left. Well, Rob was the left. But anyway. It ended up in no no street fights or nothing, but we were having drunk. But anyway, uh, the point is, I'm sorry, I, I went into my own fucking deal. <laughs> Terry Funk, Terry Funk, I uh, had the privilege and pleasure. And if you guys like look on YouTube for Tom Robinson Benefit, I don't like to talk about that because it was a long time ago and it was a misdiagnosis and something I should. Uh, 
have sued people for. And I was very sick and I was almost dead, but there's people that said I said, Dennis said I had cancer. And, and then when I showed up, I was fine and all nonsense. I, I, I got very sick for several years and was out of the fucking, out of it, uh, quite frankly. And modern medicine wasn't around. And to get to the point, the people that gave a fuck about me when I stooge were like Terry Funk and Jerry Lawler and Eddie Gilbert, the Midnight Express and Jim Cornette. And I don't know if I'm missing somebody, I apologize, but they did a benefit show for me. And it came from picking people up at the airport. When you're young, you do that. Everybody's done that. Every top star has done that once or twice, unless they're like a Lex Luger who didn't know wrestling. Um, and when you're in the car with these people, you learn so much. And you've heard that every other fucking podcast with real stars like Stone Cold talking about Skandor Akbar. But Terry Funk told me uh, about going to Hollywood. He told me it was totally because his knee was fucked up. And they have the Screen Actors Guild right. in Hollywood. Yeah. And he had a connection there. And Stallone loved wrestling. And boom, he went out there, got his knee fixed, and came back to wrestling. Because he, there was no insurance in wrestling. He didn't want right. a union or nothing, but he went out there and did that. Because he was smarter. He was looking ahead, and he was always a visionary. Um, the guy's 77 years old. I hear that it's Alzheimer's, dementia-related. Um, Tommy Dreamer and you just smart me up on a break about, I think, Ric Flair. Right have have shown that he's not like dead on his deathbed or nothing right so i i'm thankful for that but the guy is gold the guy is nice to everyone the guy in my opinion i'm like foley i think he's the best of all time i think he's the goat as far as like if you put everything together oh yeah and he's the nicest nicest motherfucker you could ever meet and we're blessed to still have him I have a personal weird thing because my old man died at 78 and he started having symptoms at like 75. And maybe that's why he's living where he's living right now. But God bless Terry Funk. I hope you, you know, no sell this bullshit and come on our show one day because you've been on every one of my dopey shows that I've had. Come on this one. And God bless. I love you. Yeah, I've had the uh, privilege of meeting Terry a couple of times, just passing talk. Hello, how are you doing? You know, put him over a little bit like he needs to hear that. And, then, you know, that's pretty much it, my experience with Terry. But um, absolutely, it's terrible to hear that, especially to somebody such a good, good human being like Terry Funk. But there's a guy who, you know, became NWA world champion and did that run in the 70s and then reinvented himself in the 80s. And what a fucking heel he was, Tom. I don't know how... He didn't get, I guess it was probably his size, I think, to some degree, but I just don't understand how he didn't get more of a run on top in the WWF. Even if he couldn't work that Hogan match, those B-show main events, I know he worked with Dog on that for a little while, but man, what a fucking character. And, uh, you know, that was, that was you know, I think that was after the first Hollywood run, wasn't it, before when he went to Vince, or did he go Hollywood after that? I can't remember, but... You know, chronologically, I don't know, but there was, there probably is a VH tape, VHS tape rather, 
in my collection that I'm going to send you because I was there live. He actually made a vented against Hogan in Philadelphia in the Spectrum. Right. I remember he had a, a, a blue. Now, it, it, I could be fucking this up, but I think it was a light blue vest gimmick on. And they drew about 10, 12 grand, 12,000 people, which wasn't a Hogan sellout of the Spectrum, but it was still, you know, he drew money. He made a vented. I always said he made it event at the Spectrum, and he made it event at the Civic Center in Philadelphia and drew significant money past the time that he was the NWA champion. So he's he's my guy, man. He's the best. He's everybody's guy. Yeah, and then there was a long period where you, Terry was, you know, basically in Hollywood and really not around, and I always popped whenever he would randomly come through um, – Memphis, Dallas, whatever you want to call it, and work Lawler just randomly on ESPN in like 1990. Oh my God, it's a Lawler funk match. And it was just out of nowhere. Know, you're, just flipping, you're just flipping channels and you see a classic. Oh. Yeah, but funk is the best. Um, yeah, I just hope we don't have to talk about him for quite a while. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, and I, I agree with that as well. And I always go back and I think back to, I don't know if it was necessarily his actual debut match with the company or not, but. I don't, I'm sure you know where I'm going with this. If I talk to you about the WWF, where Mel Phillips is the ring announcer, do you know where I'm going with this? Ah, and, awesome! Uh, when he just yeah, where Terry's yeah, getting ready ahead. to wrestle uh, Ricky Santana, who was Aldo Marino, the job guy in the WWF. There's some uh, <laughs> smarting up some of the fans out there to that. If anybody knows right. who Ricky Santana is, I know you do because you drove him around. But Johnny Ace's best friend. That's right. Go ahead. <laughs> But yeah, that, that's a great segment. But uh, what made me just think of that when we were talking about Terry Funk, you know, Mel Phillips puts the cowboy hat on and Terry proceeds to beat the living piss out of him for doing so. Um, unfortunately, in modern day time, it's uh, perhaps looked at as, you know, a little bit racism. So they've removed that segment <laughs> off the WWE network. So it's not there anymore. That's fu- That's fucking and if you're going to remove Mel Phillips from a segment, it should be for completely different reasons other than getting his ass kicked. No, Terry would grab me or you. And oh, he yeah. has. I mean, Jesus Christ. I didn't know that. That's a that's a golden nugget of how pathetic we still are as a society. But um, that was hilarious when he just did that. I mean, I don't know if you know, correct me, but. I've seen him on these indie shows in Jersey uh, just pop out of the dressing room and, and grab somebody. Yeah. And, you know, like, we're not in on the joke. Like, it's Terry Funk, and you just, he, if you don't sell, he's going to make you sell. But it's all because he's Terry Funk, you know. And um, I don't know if, if the Mel Phillips thing was pre, you know, you would think in the WWE or WWF, whatever it was then, it was pre, you know, whatever. But right. Ter- Terry Funk would do that on any show he's ever worked. He would just grab some, like he chased photographer. Like you know, you hear the old six oh five shows, um, like Howard Baum. I think was a photographer who never was smartened up, but Terry would come after him and fucking chase him and grab him by the fucking neck or something. You know what I mean? And right. It's aged. There, if there was 2000 Terry Funks, the business would be prospering and God, we wouldn't be complaining about anything, but God bless Terry Funk. I hope he gets well. We love him here. I, I know you love him, Ray. Absolutely. 
He's uh, the best. He's the man. You call him the goat. I uh, I can't really argue with that. Harley Race, and Terry actually, Funk, they're they're right at the top for me. Jerry Lawler too, but for different reasons. Jerry's just a, a phenomenal talent in what he can do. But Terry Funk could do everything. You just like Lawler because he loves Cleveland. <laughs> I found that out after the fact, and I was like, I pop for that, obviously. But all right, cool. Yeah. Listen, I actually have a shoot piss break that I got to take. Okay. A shoot one, as opposed to a, a non-shoot, a worked piss break. <laughs> a, a worked piss break so we could do some production shit, but I actually have to piss. <laughs> that works out great, Tom. You go you go ahead and you, right. you do that. Fair enough. Tom Robinson taking a piss break in the middle of the show. That's what happens when you drink 46 beers. Not that I'm uh, against that. I guess this is where we cue the uh, Jeopardy music again, huh? All right, well, Tom's still in the bathroom. I guess we can talk, maybe talk a little bit about uh, Money in the Bank coming up next week. Me and Tom are going to review the show once it's over and done with. Hopefully it's uh, entertaining. What is that? Oh, no. Could it be? There's no way. <laughs> are, you, are you ribbing me? Is he really here? Is, uh, is, it, is it true? Tiarnak the Magnificent has arrived? On TR Shocks the World? Simba, Simba, Simba. <laughs> Where has TR Neck been for all this time? Uh, I've been transporting like Matt Hardy. <laughs> oh, it's a little outdated. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I just pick my spots. <laughs> pick your spots? Well, I'm glad you picked our show, TR Shocks the World. I wish Tom was here to talk to you, but uh, I'm happy to be here with Tiarnak, the Magnificent. You got that right, not to be confused with that Morocco guy who's doing a shitty podcast. <laughs> yeah, Don, Don needs to get himself some headphones and a real microphone. I'll give him that, but I, I love me some Don Morocco, so, so let's go nice on him, okay? All right, I, I'm here for business because Ray Russell, I know that ooh, uh, TR Shocks the World is one of the best podcasts, despite TR, in the world today. Is that correct? <laughs> whatever you say, whatever you say. I am humbled to be in your All presence. Right. Well, you should be. You live in the state of uh, the Buckeyes, right? That's correct. All right, fuck the Buckeyes. Anyway, uh, <laughs> fuck Baker Makefield as well. <laughs> Anyhow, let me get the business because I only come, I'm a mystic sage. I'm a fantastic outer experience human being. Uh, once human being, I should say, I just exposed, I kayfabe. But now I am somewhere in another dimension. Okay. Another dimension. So you, you come fast, but uh, you leave fast. Uh, but hey, mean you... <laughs> hey, hey, hey. It's erectile dysfunction to be truthful. <laughs> but anyway. They make pills for uh, that now, Tiarnak. Yeah, but somebody hasn't sent me my little blue chew. Not a sponsor <laughs> yet. <laughs> not, 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 not yet. Um, sadly, <laughs> my phone, which I keep trying to... <laughs> put up to make these uh, segues go to the actual bitch are blacking out. You have a phone? So, 
Anyway, never mind about what I have, Ray Russell. Uh, But the answer to the first question is Jake and Shake. Jake and Shake. Okay. I just proved my mystical ability to know the questions that meet these answers. Correct. In my envelopes. Okay. And somebody needs to leave me sometimes, but anyway. I apologize. Let me put the en- <laughs> put the envelope to my head. Envelope to the head? There it is. Okay. Jake and Shake. Jake and Shake. The answer. What was the pitched nickname to the AEW tag team of Jake Roberts and Dean Malenko. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Stinko Malenko. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, I just, I that just, was not very nice, Yarnak. It's, it's not me. It's what comes to my, <laughs> it's, you know, I don't write these. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, it's, it's whatever's <laughs> in the envelope. <laughs> Whatever's in the envelope, but I, I I must address the people that don't get the joke. <laughs> Jake yeah. Roberts and uh, somebody has Parkinson's. Anyway. Uh, oh, my God. Wow. Awesome. <laughs> Welcome back to a, Earth. May a crazed Bill Kazmaier clean and jerk on your sister. <laughs> oh. <laughs> We can fuck those up. <laughs> anyway, oh, I don't that was only that was only the first one. Funnier. Sim Saba Simba. Uh, I almost read the answer before the question, or vice versa. Whatever the fuck I'm supposed to be doing. You can't open the envelope uh, first. Don't do that. Number two. Oh, number two. Okay. The answer. Columbia. Mm-hmm. The Capitol Building mm. and and Aaron Hernandez's jail cell. Oh my God! Oh my God! I have no idea on this one. I can't wait. <laughs> Aaron Hernandez. This jail is cell. the this is the stiff one. Name three places you could find a dead patriot. Oh, Saba Simba. Holy shit! Mm. May your nine-year-old take an unattended ride with a guy named Grizzly Smith. Oh, oh, oh my God! Oh shit! This is this is gonna do it. This is gonna either get us a lot of hits or we're gonna be canceled. Listen, uh, I'm only here for a little while, so shut the fuck up, Ray Russell. Oh. Um. Yes, number three, the legendary Piper's Pit. The legendary Piper's Pit. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I've got no. I, I have no idea. All right. Let me open the envelope. <laughs> what does Eva Marie's new protege refer to her vagina as? <laughs> oh my God. Piper's pit. Dewdrop. Dewdrop used to be known as Piper Niven for you dummies. (laughs) 
Very true. Very true. Oh my god. Oh, oh Neck. Saba Simba. Oh, this this work. I need to go back to the abyss. Uh, the final envelope. Oh, final. We're already closing up. All right, final envelope. Neville, Sean Waltman, and Nyla Rose. Hmm. Well, I could have came up with something for Neville and Sean Waltman, but Nyla Rose, uh, that really throws me off, T.R. Neck. Mm, it's a shame because you were almost there. Name a pack, a pack, an indigenous, big handed <laughs> fucking tranny with a big swinging cock. You disgusting, <laughs> fucking, hurting, reveling, Rick Baker, disgusting pig man. Fuck you, fuck you, you disgusting. <laughs> Out of a bitch. Get out of AEW. Get out of the wrestling business. Or fight men, you pig. Oh my god. I must leave now. Sim Saba Simba. Thank you. Thank you. The great TR Neck, the magnificent part of the TR Shocks the World family now. <laughs> enjoy enjoy your day, TR Neck. Hopefully we see you again sometime soon. That was TR Neck, everybody, in case you didn't know. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> I don't know what else to say about that, but <laughs> TR Neck returns to the airwaves, <laughs> to say the least. Oh, my God. I'm in tears over here, literally. i got to wipe my eyes clean here. Hey, hey man. I just got back from the bathroom. What's up? What's up? Oh, what my God. <laughs> no, you just missed TR Neck. TR Neck returned to, 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 to your show. Right. Yeah. Wow. He's been been missing for a few years, but he, he is back, and boy, is he back in full swing. Holy shit. Mm. I've never la- laughed that hard on any of my shows. <laughs> I don't know if I should have laughed. That one was not stiff. <laughs> no. You know T.R. Nick. Oh, my He's God. He's always timely. Never, never too soon, right? No, no. <laughs> Definitely not. Uh I'm going to leave it all in. I'll tell you that much. Um, I'm not editing anything, so <laughs> you'll have to hear it later. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. Oh, I haven't heard haven't heard that voice in a long time. It was nice to hear from him, though. I'll tell you that. But well, yeah. welcome back from that uh, ex- extensively long bathroom break, Tom. Well, I, you, know, you know how it is on a uh, Saturday night, right? Sure. Especially after you consume as many beers so early. Yeah, I... I uh... I was supposed to go to MLW tonight and be in Battle Riot. Actually, I wasn't. I was just. Uh, <laughs> it's it. It was in Philadelphia. Shit! How early is it? I might go down there to that. I may do the old school Tom when I was like fifteen and go back to the hotel. Oh no! You're not going to go into a room with one of the gentlemen, are you? Listen, if they had that, whoever that Hispanic girl is, uh, whatever her name. I apologize to you personally if you're listening, but they had uh, Selena something. Not not J-Lo in a bad movie about a chick that got killed. Um, <laughs> Selena, Selena Della something. Renta? Uh, is that who that yeah, is? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll rent her. Yeah. Wow. If, and I, yeah, I'll rent her. She's Dummy, not, yeah. But, uh, Dummy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 uh, but they got Alicia. Uh, I think I said it wrong when she was in the season six. A two, I think her name is. She's from, uh, Canada. And uh, I may go, like, look to lick her vagina. Wow. Okay. <laughs> if not, me and Loki will talk about conservative fucking 
uh, right-wing extremist groups. Excellent. They'll probably try to kick me out of the bar because I was with Justin Credible. Well. You know that story? Uh, I, I heard it. Yeah. I don't know if anybody, you know, if you want to share it again, I'm sure uh, there are listeners out but, there that are unfamiliar. Well, I do see, I see both sides. Just incredible at that time was fucked up. I think he's cleaned himself up now. I've been around just incredible several times, uh, probably in both just incredible shape. And, he had a ride, a.k.a. a Ray Russell with Tommy Rich or a Tom Robinson with you name it. Mm-hmm. And the the guy was, I sound like Christopher Walken, the guy was <laughs> the cock and a walk, baby. <laughs> Cowbell. <laughs> yeah. Just standing backstage. and <laughs> I got a fever. And the only prescription is more cowbell. Anyway, um. So Lowkey decides to come up and bow up to him and be like, are you a wrestler or something? I don't know the, you know, verbatim, but no, I, I drove just incredible. And he goes, well, you got to get out. And he's like, no, I drove just incredible. And just incredible was like, what's the problem here? He goes, this guy's got to get the fuck out. And just Carl was like, well, I'm getting the fuck out. And he, they left the show. That was during just incredible's fucked up drug time. Okay. I believe he's sober now. God bless you, Justin. If you're still out there, I like you. I love you. Stay sober. As you, you know, as you I, consume your 50th beer. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, that's that's 50 beers without somas and fucking all I that other you. shit. I got you, brother. And I'm, I believe I'm staying home, even though I just committed to finding Alicia a two. Oh, you but should, anyway. You absolutely uh, should. should. It would make a great story for next time. Oh yeah, even even in rejection, <laughs> um, and then I'll find a replacement somewhere downtown. That's that's probably a dude. But anyway, what did I just say? Uh, where were we going? We were uh, at low key, low key kicking yes. out the the driver, right? Which is kind of bad locker room etiquette because on indie shows you need those kind of people to make save the money of an Uber or renting a car or whatever the fuck a cab, right? right. But also, I agree with Lowkey that stage, like to a lot of places where I looked around and there was no reason for me to be there. It's kind of like the workplace. It is the workplace, quite frankly. And I work at a building now. And if somebody came in, I'm a teamster. It's a, it's a, you know, a thing with the union and everything. We would kick the fuck out of anybody out the door and then find out who they were after the fact. So. I'm kind of I'm kind of in the middle with that, but I I, I don't know. I believe back to the uh, a call back to the original like two hours ago fight with the trucker dude, right? Like <laughs> low, low key is definitely a shoot tough trained motherfucker, but I don't know if I could stand there in my prime like ten years ago, fifteen years ago, at like three oh nine with a fucking twenty inch arm. And watch this little flipping motherfucker tell me to get out. I'd probably gave him a straight right. But I respect you, Loki. I'm just saying. Yeah, you know, you know what's really funny too with with Loki. And this story goes back like 20 years before he was ever really anything outside of like Jersey All Pro or whatever. Um, I heard this story in a locker room here about him. Somebody had just worked a show with him the night before, and I guess Candido, Chris Candido, and, and Tammy Sitch were on the show as well. And I guess. I think it was Sonny that was sitting down, not not Chris. Um, oh, which, I know this story. Go ahead. 
where she uh, she got up. I, I I don't know if it's the same story or if if you heard it a little different or whatever. But I I'm, and I'm re- I'm recollecting the story from you know when I was told this story like the day after it happened. So we're talking like 20 years ago. But I guess she got up and did some shit or whatever. Low key sat down and she came back to sit back down and like. I guess he fucking refused to give her a fucking chair back. And, you know, she'd already done yeah. the sunny gimmick and, and, uh, you know, Chris had already done, you know, the skip shit, the smoky mountain shit, obviously ECW, WCW, even Candido had already been through, and <laughs> been through everything. And, you know, Sonny was sunny. She was the hottest shit on earth, you know, at one point, like 1996 yeah. or whatever. It was so, um, and he's just like, fuck you, bitch. You know, you're not getting your seat. Fuck you. <laughs> You just popped me with that fucking impression. (laughs) I like obscure, like, random impressions. Great job, bro. So, but yeah, I mean, I can't even talk as deep as low-key, but I tried. So, but I just, I I, I only heard of him. I probably had seen him on a tape or something, but I just remember thinking, like, who the fuck is this guy? (laughs) It's telling these people who've already done it all, fuck you, you can't have a seat. And, 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 you know, Sonny's done a lot of shit since then to make you go, well, she probably, she deserved it or whatever, you know, you make your own judgment on, you know, Tammy's life and whatever. Congratulations, by the way. She's out of jail and she hasn't, she hasn't gotten back on social media yet. So I don't know if that's part of her, her yes. release. Yes, oh. she has. Oh, has yes, she? she has. Oh, well, last time I, I checked, saw, she hadn't. Uh, I saw like earlier today, I think. Uh, I think it was on Twitter because I don't know what the fuck I'm on. Right. My ex-girlfriend's got my password to my main Facebook. So I had to start another one. So (laughs) God knows what the fuck I'm on. Right. Uh, It's hard to plug my shit when (laughs) you might go to my ex-girlfriend, but Tammy and my old friend and promoter, Tommy Fierro from independent superstars of pro wrestling, AKA ISPW. ISPW. I remember, I remember Todd used to actually, I got all of Tommy's tapes. He sent them to me years ago. Well, I'm on them with bleach blonde hair, so look back. Um, but anyway, she he announced her for autograph signing, whatever the fuck, September or something. And I was like, oh, that's cool. She's whatever. But she said, did you guys miss me? Um, something or other soon at OnlyFans. So she's out, I think, unless she knows she's getting out and had a way to put that out there. No, no. they, they Yeah, actually, uh, she got out last month. Um, uh, like a month early. So I was curious if, like, if there was like a, a brief probation afterwards to where she was on probation for that extra month. She got out a month early. Maybe they, you know, maybe that's why she waited a month. I was gonna say now is the time. It's been a full year now since she was, uh, you know, went went back to jail. Maybe uh, she'll be back on there. But I, the last I checked, and I've been checking like once a week. I'm not some stalker or anything. I'm just very curious. It makes for good storytelling. If I she had am. been. It been back on Twitter and been back on only OnlyFans, and I, I think I just checked it two days ago, and uh, she hadn't been active yet. So I was kind of happy for her, proud of her, thought she was getting her shit back together. It appears, you know, hey, whatever you got to do, I guess, to make a buck, whatever. We're almost done here, so let me let me let me like try to ask you if you can smarten me up. Okay, OnlyFans, right? I'm not a member of any, and I'm not suggesting you are. No, but- I'm not. To your knowledge, like if I were to join Tammy's OnlyFans, would I sit there with my fucking webcam on me jacking off while she's masturbating? Uh, I believe there are prices that can uh, get that done. That would be awful. I would probably kill myself. <laughs> what the fuck would I do? Oh, who the fuck would do that? Uh, apparently, a, apparently enough people to uh, keep her uh, living very well. 
Ugh. Or the alternative, just like looking at her squeezing her own tits in her own fucking bed. Like, have you ever had a girlfriend? Like, they need a shower once in a while, and their their tits smell underneath and shit. No matter how good they look, like, what the fuck? Yeah, and based oh, like, on based on the footage that's already out there, she doesn't really know right. what she's doing. Like, as far as putting on a performance, if you will. Uh, so okay. <laughs> so like. If, if, if OnlyFans were, like, professional strippers, like, I'm sure some of them have that because I've bounced in strip joints. Like, like as you mentioned, performance. Oh, it's, they it's, could loaded, just, like, it's loaded with ladies like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's something reasonable. But if I was, like, into somebody, whatever, like, that much and I didn't have any way to contact them, like, I've actually called Tammy and I've called Missy Hyatt like personally on a phone and hang out with them and stuff. But like they're both hot and they're both, you know, in their day were the best. But I, I couldn't imagine like sitting there with my bird out because I, I wouldn't want them to see me with my bird out. I want to see I them with their. Yeah, I don't think they have to see you, Tom. I don't think they want to. And not because you're you. I mean, I don't think they give a shit about the other person. They're just Listen, trying Ray, to. You ever, you, ever, you ever see my cock bar? <laughs> Uh, I'm just joking, people. But I, I do, I, I do have a, a curiosity about this OnlyFans thing. Yeah, I think it's just a bunch of pictures, a bunch of videos, and then uh, I do believe there is some sort of a a gimmick where if you pay, uh, uh, I'm sure I'll a hefty fee. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure a very hefty fee. Uh, I, I can't. I would like to say you get what you pay for, but I don't know if that's really the right <laughs> phrase. But you, you get a show. Yeah, well, I mean, all right, thank you for the education, and uh, uh, that's all I got to say about that. What? All right, very good. <laughs> what, a, what a great way to close the show. Sunny out of jail, for, for now anyway. We'll see what she does by next week. She may be back in, so let's hope we'll not, We'll see though. if she can make the sizzling six. Oh, wow. Well, you'll have to join her OnlyFans account in order to know that or not. Well, Twitter, uh, there might be some teases or something. We'll see. Send your donations. WrestleCopy at gmail.com on PayPal. We'll use it. We'll get Tom an OnlyFans account for Sonny. <laughs> yeah. Dummy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> good times. Good times. Tom, has been great. We Another sizzling six in the books and Tiarnak returned. I, I'm still sad you didn't get to. You know, it's funny. You disappeared when Tommy Rich came on the show, or you got you got very quiet anyway, and you completely disappeared yeah, when Tiarnak joined. Well, shit happens. Yeah, be, you know? yeah. Bad timing. You have such bad timing. Tom. I don't want nobody on this microphone, like, you know what I mean? And a fucker sneak in, because I, I, I'm, you know, me and you, Ray and TR, double R and TR, are the fucking show, and then these uh, outsiders... <laughs> Not Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. No, he's, no. Uh, <laughs> Tommy Rich and TR Nick, who also, coincidentally, both of them have TR in their name. Isn't that weird? <laughs> it's funny anyway. how that happens. Yeah, I'm, I was I happy to tell to my my Tommy Rich story I've been suppressing for over 20 years because I feel like I ratted out one of the boys, but I don't know. I think I think 20 years should be the rule, right? You can tell the story after that law. Yeah, and as Bobby Blaze told me, and I'll share it to you, I mean, you've had your hand in the wrestling business or whatever here and there, and I have too. But at, there comes a point where if you're not working, you're not in the wrestling business anymore. 
you're in the Ray Russell business and I'm in the Tom Robinson business. And that's what we're doing here. We're, we're the best podcast in the world. And I'll, I'll put down tonight as your example that you're not going to laugh more than you do on this particular episode. No, it was good stuff. I really enjoyed the entire show discussing everything that we talked about. We had a few ideas of what we were going to do, man. And it's a, I, I, I really enjoyed this show. So I'm sure everybody listening had a good time. And uh, we'll be back with the Money in the Bank show pretty damn soon as well. And, and if you have enough sizzling six uh, women in your, your, your top six or whatever for the next show, we'll, we'll, we'll bust out another sizzling six real quick, too. Because I know people really enjoyed that on the, uh, the debut of sizzling six last, last episode. Right on, man. I'm with you all the way, Ray. Let's do it. And if I find any more fun uh, interviews from down there in the USWA during this uh, WWF crossover, I'll I'll, uh, play them here on the show, too, from time to time. Get get your opinion on them and see if if Vince can make you laugh and and whatever shit as the time goes on, as they say. But uh, for this this episode, I think we're we're done, Tom. I think that's it. Yes. uh, Peace. Peace out. God bless. Thank you for listening. And... uh, Hit Ray up at WrestleCopia.com. Go directly to that and him and figure this shit out and follow us and keep listening. Yes, you guys can go directly to WrestleCopia.com. And Sonny, please don't go directly to jail. Until next time, I'm Ray Russell at Wrestling Grenade. And this was TR Shocks the World with Tom Robinson at TR Shock on Twitter. We'll talk to you guys again really soon. It's the Money in the Bank review show next time here. On TR Shocks the World. I need sex.